Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, everybody. Time again for Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Mitch Howard joining me today. You know Mitch. Mitch, of course, is one of my co-hosts on uh, the All Yeah Trek Watch that we do. Me, him, and Franco. Uh, we talk about Star Trek in this episode, but uh, also for the last few years, uh, Mitch has been very gracious in allowing me to be part of his Terrificon conventions that he does in Connecticut at uh, the Mohegan Sun Resort. A beautiful setting, always a fun summer show, and uh, this year sounds like it's going to be no exception. Uh, he is celebrating Spider-Man's 60th anniversary with a whole host of Spider-Man guests. Uh, we talk about those, we talk about some of the celebrities that he's already lined up, and uh, some great ambitious uh, things that he's got planned for Terrificon. So uh, I can't wait. I, it's uh, going to happen at the end of July, and uh, you go to Terrificon.com and you can get all the information you want. But we have a fun conversation, and it's our usual uh, butting heads about some things, uh, but uh, that's good. I love that, and uh, we always have a good time. So I think you'll enjoy uh, this conversation uh, bullshitting with uh, Mitch Halleck of Terrificon, previewing the convention, and uh, we talk about the Batman movie. He's already seen it. He's always on top of that. Him and Jerry Ardway always seem to jump at uh, these movies as soon as they first come out, and uh, we talk about Mitch's podcasts and a whole lot more in this conversation on today's Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by Aftershock Comics. Aftershock has been a fine sponsor of Word Balloon over the years, and uh, hey, I'm happy to promote their fantastic books. Let me tell you about some of the great uh, graphic novels and collections that are already available now. You've got I Breathe the Body, an amazing body horror comic book from Zach Thompson and Andy McDonald. There's Scout's Honor from David Pepos and Luca Casa Anguiata. Also, uh, Lonely Receiver, another great horror story from Zach Thompson and Jen Hickman and Simon Rowland. And also Peter Calloway and George Gentis, Shadow Doctor, a great look at uh, a real story about uh, 1930s mob life in Chicago. Great stuff from Aftershock Comics. Uh, guaranteed, fantastic artists, amazing writers, and great concepts waiting for you. Don't take my word for it. Go to their website. You'll find full story descriptions, preview pages of art, and the diamond codes on how to order these books and more from AfterShotComics.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by AlexRossArt.com. Alex's art speaks for itself. Iconic images of incredibly amazing characters over the years. DC, Marvel, 
tributes to people like the Monkees and Monty Python, David Bowie, the Beatles. So many great iconic people have allowed themselves and their estates have allowed Alex to depict them in ways that you want on your wall. Not only wonderful covers for graphic novels and comics, but also beautiful art prints, amazing lithographs, and incredible original art as well. If you can swing it, it's worth it because Alex is that kind of illustrative genius. And all of his work is waiting for you at every price point imaginable at alexrossart.com. Don't waste time. Go over there today. I'm sure you're going to find your favorite hero depicted by Alex Ross. Alex Ross Art. Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. That's right, my superhero team, the listeners of Word Balloon that back me through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Word Balloon. I'm not asking anybody to break the bank to support me. If you can spare it, if you like Word Balloon and you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. And uh, it's just a monthly subscription. It can be a dollar. Whatever amount you can afford is greatly appreciated. It helps keep the lights on here at Word Balloon and uh, helps keep me in business as I pursue these great interviews and other projects as well that are coming in 2022. So if you like what you hear here and want to hear more, go to patreon.com slash Word Balloon. And I really appreciate the support. Thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. Welcome back, everybody. Time again for Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Look at Mitch uh, Halleck. Uh, like he's, yeah, I see that. It's, it's like you're waiting for a haircut or something. Uh, the, the, uh, the host of Terrificon coming uh, at the end of uh, July this year. It's uh, Mitch Halleck, everybody, king of the nerds. Good to see you, buddy. Hello, John, and all the ships at sea. How is everybody doing tonight? <laughs> doing all right, man. This yeah. is exciting. I, uh, I, as always, you you allow me in the inner circle Thank in you. terms of uh, the planning of Terrificon every year, mm-hmm. and uh, this is this is you're doing you're pulling out all the stops this year for a big uh, Spider-Man celebration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being a nerd, I look at the anniversaries of everything, you know, and I saw that Spider-Man's 60th anniversary was going to be August of this year and i said hey let's get a spider-man theme going because i tell you i've talked about this before with you that i always try to come up with a theme because the reason why i do that is it kind of helps me organize the show instead of just like a potpourri of everything yeah it's it's like let's just let's just get one thing going you know so um yeah so this year i picked spider-man and I think a lot of people like the Spider-Man. You know, I think they like the Spider-Man. Yeah, I think so. 60 years seems to be uh, proof that uh, maybe uh, Stan and um, Steve and Steve and knew what Steve. they were doing. Yeah, pardon me. I had yeah. a silent yeah. burp that I was allowing myself to No, have. that's okay. That's okay. It was just ideas <laughs> for me. That's all I like to think of it as. And then, but, you know, uh, yeah, it made like almost $2 billion at the box office with the Spider-Mans. The kids like the Spider-Mans. Isn't that, isn't that fantastic? I'm sorry. Again... Everyone's yeah. always like, ah, superhero movies and TV, it's oversaturated. And, hey. you know, they're, they're waiting for the bottom to drop out. And, you know, I keep pointing to the Western in movies and TV. And literally, it took about 60 or 70 years for the Western in film mm-hmm. to finally, like in the 70s, kind of by the late 70s, recede a little bit and take a small break. But it still came back hard in the 80s. Just you know, it just it wasn't as omnipresent as it had been in previous decades, and for for in the in the midst of the pandemic, for No Way Home to do as well as it did, yeah. uh, it, again, it just shows you how how much people love this character. Uh, we'll get. Uh, I'll wait. I was going to ask you about Batman, but let's okay. talk about 
Let's talk about Terrificon and the Spider-Man yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. connection first. No, and real quick, to dovetail on that Spider-Man thing, or coattail, whatever you want to say, yeah. somebody's tail, red tails. But the thing of it is, the, you just said it, the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, you needed something to get people to jumpstart that movie theater business. And it wasn't going to be a, a musical, or yeah. I'm sorry, a lot Spielberg's West Side Story, no offense to that movie, that wasn't going to be it. You needed a spectacle. But I, I would argue we were still in it, though. Forgive me, Mitch. We are still in it, yeah. But, I mean, you know? like Connecticut here, they've opened up everything. The mass. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, no, here, we're, too. We're trying oh, to get back and all the sporting events. Yeah. They've got everybody back. But, you, you know, people were hesitant. You need to have something that's yeah. going to be like, hey, if I'm going to go out there, it better be worth it. So, um, yeah, I think the, and, the Spider-Man, the Batman, too, all that superhero well, stuff. Well, but you're right. I mean, truly, West Side Story directed by Spielberg yeah. and – yeah. Uh, Nightmare Alley, directed by Del Toro. I mean, great this is a movie, movie great movie. But but yeah, well, and I honestly believe, Mitch, mm. it was, and and I think we've even had these conversations anyway, even during the pandemic. I think even before the pandemic, the theater habits of the general public mm. have already changed, and there was already there's already been fear on the theater owner side of what are we doing to get people, you know, just keep going oh, yeah. to movies. Yeah. And they always have that, I think it's called Showcon. Yep. Which is the big theater oh, exhibitor. Yeah. yeah, that's like the industry show. And that's mm -hmm. when the movie theaters come out and, and really do their big presentations for the theater owners and are like, hey. Show, show West, it's called. Show West, thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, either that's the old name or that's the current name. I yeah, that's that, that's where they come to all the movie theater owners come out there in Hollywood, literally, because at the end of the day, it's like selling anything else. It's like selling a car to a car dealership. They come out there with the best of the best, their weirs, and they say, hey, listen, this is what we got coming out next year. Here's some of the stars that show up because Absolutely. it's a business. It's the business part of show business. It, and the it, theater owners... They they order the movies, they book the movies. And right, that's how it works. Okay. Yeah, it, re it really is like a private con, specifically yeah. for owners, and it really is like, hey, don't worry. And and truly, some of the keynote addresses from both the stars and the and the uh, the studio execs are like, mm -hmm. hey, we're not leaving you behind. Yeah. And obviously, then the pandemic happened, and a lot of the pipeline just got too clogged. I forget. Um, I think my buddy uh, Jeff, gigantic Jeff, and I were talking. And he's mm -hmm. like, I don't understand why uh, they're, you know, some of the movies where they're putting them and how closely they're booking them this year. And mm -hmm. I'm like, the pipeline has been clogged yeah. for two years. They got to get that shit out yeah. because they want to keep making yeah. the new stuff. Mm -hmm. You can have a lull. You got to keep like feeding that beast. It's well, you always have to. Go. You always have to feed the beast. But even yeah, but more so than ever now, when yeah. when the pipeline is clogged and it's like, well, nobody's going to the theaters. We spent. 200 million making this movie yeah. we at least want to break money. even on it what do we do yeah yeah i so. still don't understand uh well we can go on about that later on. but let's talk to her we can talk about the sure. science of movies and why warners is putting the batman on hbo and i'm like that makes no sense right now but that's another thing we can talk about Terrific con. Yes, going back there. We got some big stars. Like I said, we're going to do the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man. Very happy to say a guy that I've been trying to get for years. Huge admirer of his dad, huge admirer of himself, Mr. John Romita Jr., who's going to be there with the folks at 4C Comics, Ken Carson's uh, company there. They're going to have John Jr., John Romita Jr., sorry, is going to be there. Jerry Conway, legendary Spider-Man creator, Death of Gwen Stacy. You can't go 
thinking about Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy, but I'm thinking of Jerry Conway. Spider-Man versus Superman as well. Oh, my God. That was the greatest book ever. Come on. It was so good. They had to make it gigantic, you know? That scene where Superman's about to punch Spider-Man, but then he realizes that he could knock his head off, so he pulls his punch at the last minute. But this the, the, the force... It was like the speed of a hurricane or something, and it sent Spider-Man flying across the rooftop. I always remember that. Like, oh, oh yeah, no, no, and then so it's really, truly two of my favorite people to talk to, yeah. John Junior. and uh, and then Jerry both are. Imagine actually, if they ever made uh, that a movie. Honestly, we live in a world now when oh, anything God, can yeah. happen. You can have three Spider-Mans, and it would have to be Disney buying Warner Brothers or DC. Which who knows? That might happen next week. Every other week, it seems. Yeah, like yeah, on it. Hey, uh, truly, uh, we'll, we'll get back to it, Mitch, but yeah. I really think the economics of studios, anything is possible. <laughs> right now? I so, would yeah. be surprised if we saw Captain Kirk meet Luke Skywalker one day. It's like, why not? Just do it. We need to make the money, kids. But yeah, anyway, that would be fantastic. You're right. I'll have to dig out my book to get Jerry to sign it at the show. But yeah, we're going to have tons of uh, Spider-Man creators and uh, Mark Bagley. Every, anybody Great. that I can find. I know Jerry's Jerry Ordway. Artist Jerry Ordway is talking to Roger Stern as we speak. Hey, awesome! Because I was trying to, I had Roger here about five years ago, and I was a huge panel. You weren't there back then. I didn't know no. you back then, but I wish no. I did. We had a Spider Man panel about five years ago. I had Dan Slott, Peter David, Roger Stern, J.M. DeMattias, and oh, one other one. I can't remember who it is. Oh, um, Kurt Busick. Wow! All on this panel. It was yeah. I, I called it the Amazing Spider Men. Sure. And I just talked about thirty years of Spider Man, like what it was like to write the character. Each one of them left their mark on the character. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Marv. Marv was there too. Marv Wolfman, Wolfman because he worked on the Spider Man two hundred. But boy, oh boy, was that something else! All those guys just sitting up there, and it was fun to watch Dan Slott and a couple other guys because they were like looking over, not in awe. But that mutual professional oh, respect, yeah. because it's like, well, I I passed the baton on to this guy, and then he took it, and then he did the stuff, and then this guy took it, and they all left their individual mark 100%. on the character. Over the, it was so cool to be in that audience. I mean, I was just nerding out. I was sitting in the back of the room. Here I am, supposed to be running the show, but I just sat there and watched the whole thing for an hour. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. I'll have to find it. But uh, cool, it's up there. But anyway, yeah. Be, besides them, besides those guys. Uh, Jose Garcia Lopez is coming Oh, I'm back. so glad to hear that. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. He missed last year's show because he was being cautious because, you know, he's sure. in, in COVID. Like oh, no, said. absolutely. All these guys so, that are seeing us now, absolutely. And then we get the message, hello, yes, it's Jose. Hey, love your show. Can I come back? It's like, and he asks, he's so polite. He's the most politest man. He asks if he could come back. It's like, hmm, let me think about that. Yeah, Jose. no kidding. No, I don't want you. Of course, I want you. It's a show. Oh, such a guy. Yeah. What a great amazing. guy. Yeah. Amazing talent. And, um, geez, who else is. Oh, we got new folks, too. I always. I, people, my wife goes, don't always let it think it's just an old. A con for old men, like, like a movie. We've got Stephanie Phillips. Great. I love you, too. Tony Daniel. Uh, Terrific. Ryan Otley. Ryan Alley, he's wonderful artist. Show who did Spider-Man as well, but he's done Invincible. Now he's on the Hulk with Donny Cates and such. But yeah, it's I always say it's the, the, the biggest collection of comic book creators in New England. So if you live in the Northeast or this thereabouts, come on up uh, end of July and you'll get your airflow. Plus, there's celebrities because 
I saw a bunch of guys posting articles about this the other day, some older creators, and they were kind of mad that there's not a pure Comic-Con anymore because the, the shows have kind of diluted and they brought in wrestlers and actors and all that. But you and I talk about this. It, it's just like anything else nowadays. You've got to diversify to some point to keep bringing people in because if I didn't do anything like that, I don't want to do that. I always want to be pure comics, but the economics and the reality is if I didn't do that, diminishing returns every year, you get less and less comic book people. Why do you think the comic book stores sell Pokemon cards and magic, the gathering and Funko toy. And they, they, they've got to do something else because they can't just sell old comics. That's Sorry to say, but that's the thing nowadays. I was I was hanging with my buddy uh, Chucky last night, and we were watching the AEW uh, pay per view. And I told him, you know, last year I told him you last year you had a lot of the uh, AEW people: Darby Allen, uh, uh, Santa Gravera, Ty Conti. Oh, I think those two are engaged right now, actually. Okay, Sammy and Ty. This year, if you're watching it, um, Santana and Ortiz. It's a tag team that's over on the AEW. Uh, Abaddon, she gets like made up like almost like Darth Maul's sister. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, sure, Dustin, uh, yeah, yeah, the son, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching, he was on last night, yeah. Oh, see, well, he'll be at the show this year. And, um, somebody you might know this because you know wrestling, her husband, Ed Guerrero, was kind of a heel, he was like the guy for he passed away a couple years ago. His wife, Eddie Guerrero, yeah, 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 yeah. His wife's coming to the show. Oh, that's great. No, yeah, uh, she's a big player too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, she's a friend of a friend of mine, so he was talking to her and he said, Oh, would you like to come to Terrific Con? She's like, Oh, do you think they'd like to see me again? And yeah, she's like, She's like wrestling royalty. So, Vicky, the, yeah, that's his thank you, Dante. Yeah, Vicky, I couldn't think of the name right now. But and he yeah, says, yes, I mean, yeah, there are a couple. I thought so. Maybe it happened at Terrificon. We've had things happen there before. We've had people get married. We've had people conceive. I've had people come to the show with babies. They go, oh, look what I'm like. And they named it Terry for Terrificon. The show. I don't know. I don't know if we want to know that uh, people are conceiving at the uh, con. I think they were doing it during the cosplay contest one year. <laughs> <laughs> there was something going on backstage. Hey, wait a minute. I think oh. Art, with Artie and Franco were there. Maybe they had something to do. I understand. Mitch, uh, I think you're going to kill me because between uh, the week before is San Diego. I know. And the week after. Well, but thankfully, that's on the West Coast. So, I yeah. mean, that, that shouldn't affect a lot of people that no. want to do both. And no. then the week after that is uh, C2E2. Is it? So after your show. Oh, it's the first weekend of Chicago, of August? I guess so. Oh, my God. You know what? I got to tell you, John, last year we went from this dearth of no shows. Like, literally, I was like the only show in the summer, and there was like nothing for months. And then the Delta variant came to town, and then that shut everything down for a while. But now it seems like there's like 10 shows every other day now. Like, literally around here. Wow. This weekend, there's five conventions. Not big ones, but small, like, you know. Sure. Yeah, like like dealer shows, basically. Yeah, hell yeah. But there's five in one weekend. That's crazy. That's well, everyone's crazy. making up for lost time, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't you know, know C2E2 was there. I thought you were going to say, well, there's a big Star Wars. Is there a Star Wars convention? Oh, there might be the celebration. I don't know. I think the, the Reed does one of those this summer, too. I think, <laughs> no, that, that's in May. There's okay. a C, there, I think it's in Chicago. I think it's a Star Wars celebration. No, it, well, there. no, I think I would have heard about it if it was in Chicago. Well, maybe it's in California. When so, what is uh because the last one was in Chicago and they rarely repeat a city. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um 
the um, I told you, I think I told you mm. uh, there, you know, I'm, I'm getting honored by my, my uh, university mm-hmm. um, April 8th, uh, April 8th through the 9th. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the weekend that uh, the Star Trek convention. That's is. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bummed. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, seriously, I feel like a jerk saying that because, of course, I'm incredibly honored that my school would think of this straight. I know. How do you think they honor me? Yeah. But it's like, oh man. But I, but I really want to go to the Star Trek convention as well. I know. So I that's know. all right. I'll miss it. Especially. Oh, it's funny. Uh, Dante says the Steel City. Uh, I'm assuming that's weekend? Pittsburgh or whatever. Uh, whatever. Well, you know what? They do three of those shows. That's another show, too. That's in Pittsburgh. They do one that weekend. I think they do it like my weekend, too. And then they do one in the fall. Yeah. It's hard. And you know what it is? It's actually hard to get some guests because I had some guests that were coming. But they because they've been locked up for two years, like everybody else, a lot of folks are going on vacations because I've been talking to folks. And they said, hey, listen, I've been cooped up for two years. I'm going away. Some of them are going to Europe. I don't know if that's the place you want to be right now, but some of yeah, them have plans yeah. to go there. But um, yeah, but there. So next year will be even bigger. I'll tell you that right now, twenty twenty three, because I got a lot of IOUs. Like, yeah, I forgot, but I'll come back next year. Good to hear. That's great. Fantastic. Here, uh, Mike wants to know uh, you're a big Indiana Jones guy. In yes, fact, he is. Any Indiana Jones related guests or panels this year? Uh, not this year, next year, because next year will be the big Indiana Jones 5, so I was going to wait there. You know what the scary thing was? Originally, Indiana Jones 5 was going to open up the same weekend as Terrificon, and I panicked for like eight months and swore everybody up and down, and I'm not going to miss that movie, and then they moved it to next year, next June. That's cool. Yeah, they but just no, I was gonna have Karen, to answer his question, Karen Allen's in the works, because she lives right up wow. the road for in Massachusetts. And oh, I my love, God. I love Karen Allen. My yeah. Wife, you just do these shows just to meet these people you love, I guess. Pretty much. That's amazing. That'd be incredible. I love Karen. And then, you know what? 30 years ago, Young Indiana Jones started. I know a lot of people don't like that show, but I do. It, it was just its 30th anniversary the other day. I was trying to get that that fellow there. He was in Boondock Saints, Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah, Sean Patrick Flannery, sure. Yeah, he was Powder. Remember Powder? That of course. Yeah. So. Well, Artie always said, Dan, and I so agree Mm. that I think whenever Harrison Ford wants to put the fedora down, let Sean Patrick Flannery do one movie. At least one. Because he is, as Artie told him, he's like, you are Indiana Jones. And he's like, you're damn right I am. And it's it's like, that would be a great way to break in between whoever you want for the next franchise or whatever. While he's still relatively young, let Flannery do one movie because it just legitimizes the TV show that much more. Yeah. yeah. He's 54, I think, right now. Yeah. 55. He's about my age. So, yeah, he could do it. Hey, if Ford's 80, he could do it. I'm sure a 55 year old. Well, that's what I mean. Flannery is fit. I mean, this guy works out constantly. You see him as Jack. He's got the muscles and everything. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, it's like, no, he could do it. Yeah. Um, And he it's like, try. let him let him do it. And also, I just think it would give a little pressure off of whomever comes next. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't, I mean, it, you know, they're going to try and do, and I always forget his name, the kid who played uh, Han Solo in the in the solo. Oh, uh, Alden Eichenrock and Rockenbuch. Yeah, you know. Clint, Clinton yeah. Spilberry. Remember Clinton yeah. Spilberry? Oh, the Lone Ranger. Yeah, the, Lone Ranger, yeah, the Legend yeah, of the Lone Ranger movie. 
It's like dubbed, in our dubbed band, by that, James, that's very much better, frankly. Dubbed but, by uh, James Keach or Stacy Keach, wasn't he? He didn't. That wasn't his voice in that movie. Clinton Spills. Oh, they Keith. they looped somebody else. I do remember hearing that back yeah. in the day. The one the one thing about that movie mm. is uh, Christopher Lloyd was As very Butch good. Cavendish, Butch Cavendish. Yeah. yeah, he was really good in that. Yeah. Movie. So so if anyone's ever curious about watching The Legend of the Lone Ranger, much though like the art, well. I can't, you know, I gotta, I gotta confess, I never ended up seeing the Army Hammer, uh, Johnny. Oh, Depp. that was not bad. That was, but it was too much, too long. Johnny Depp, it was a little over the top. They had great stunt sequences. There's a huge chase with a train and horses, fantastic, like old school stuff. But yeah, it was a little too long in the tooth, unfortunately. Uh, uh, Dante wants to know if you have any, uh, if you're gonna bring any Quantum Leap people in. Well, who is there besides Scott Bakula there? Because that's the left. Other, yeah, yeah, that's left. Well, I, I I don't know if uh, the comedian that played Gushy is still around. I um, he was, you know, he was in the mountain with uh, Al and those guys. Uh, I know they just said they're going to relaunch that show, but Scott Bakula is going to play the um, Dean Stockwell part, I think, if I read it. Well, internet rumor. I yeah, I, I don't think anything has been definite yet. Or I've also heard mm. that it's kind of a soft reboot in that. It's a new group following Dr. Beckett's research, and oh. they are searching for Dr. Beckett. So maybe Sam will still be unstuck in time. Okay. And the new guy will encounter Sam the way that uh, Sam did with the evil leaper. Remember the evil leaper? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. There's so, always an evil guy on these shows. It's funny. That was a great show, man. Even Night Rider had oh, an you evil could get, car. Okay, you but. could get uh, for, for Quantum Leap, and uh, mm. you, should, you should try and get Bruce, uh, Bruce Wise. Oh, God, in the last from, um, Hill Street Blues, uh, not Bruce Wise, uh, D Day from my Animal House. Oh, that's oh, Bruce God. something, yeah, he's in a zillion shows, he still pops up on TV. All oh, he's time. great, great it's actor, Irish, Irish last name, Bruce McSomething. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, I don't know yeah. if Dante or Mike know, and if they if they want to, yeah, they probably computers. do. Those guys are the, the gatekeepers, they know. But, Fountain of useless knowledge, always overflowing. Yes. I, I never knew Dan Aykroyd was supposed to be D-Day. Yes, he was. Aykroyd was supposed to be that, and then for some reason he couldn't do it or the studio didn't want him. It was written specifically for Aykroyd because he was a car nut, and uh, he couldn't do it. Bruce McGill. Bruce McGill, of course. That's it. Very good. Yeah, and Dante, you, you just beat Dante by a hair there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There'll be a so, consolation prize. Yeah, I, you know, great. A woman in the balcony. What's that? Great, great Miami Vice episode, Bruce McGill. Okay. Second yeah, season, guess. he's like, he was a D, he was a you know DEA agent at that mm -hmm. Rocket and Tubbs find, and he's a little crazy. Yeah. And he's on the trail for a gangster that disappeared, and uh, he, as crazy as he is, a lot of his oh, and he crack. buried the guy in the wall. Spoiler. Right? Oh, I, spoiler for a 50 year old show. Yeah. 40 year old yeah, spoiler, did. but yeah. And they smoked the wall and there's a skeleton. Oh, yeah, that was creepy. And he's like, there he is. Book him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah, a great, yeah. no, that's that a great episode. A and that great, great use of uh, dire, dire Straits Brothers in Arms. Yeah. You know, that, and it was the second season. You know, to me, yeah. the first season of Miami Vice is bulletproof. Yes, it's, it like is. A, it's a mini movie every week. Yep. Second season, it started getting a little hanky. And there were still good episodes along well, the way. It jumped the shark. So to speak, I think when Crockett's car got blown up by uh, Peter Frampton, or Ted I can't Nugent, remember Ted Nugent, it, yeah, Ted Nugent blew it up with a bazooka, and then he had to get another car. 
And then they got the Lamborghini instead of the, the Lamborghini. Uh, I never the Lamborghini. Oh, yeah. the other one was better. I'm with you, man. And also, as as uh, as Crockett's hair gets feathered, you it know, gets, it, it, yeah. gets, it gets it gets. <laughs> well, once they stop showing Elvis the alligator on board his houseboat, this show went off the. And the other problem is, it got so popular, it became the Batman of the 80s because all these guest stars started going on it. Phil Collins was on yeah. it. And then before you, Peter Gabriel, everybody started getting on the show. So it was more about the guest star and the song that was on that week's episode. Because I remember they showed on like MTV or they played oh, yeah. on the radio. Oh, yeah. It was a big thing back then. But once that started happening, they stopped going into storytelling and this became like a, you know, an event thing every week. And then, oh boy, that show went off the rails. When Remember when um, Edward James almost started getting into the whole ninja thing and Castillo was like the secret... Well, that was the first season, though, but it was good. Yeah, no, 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 no. George, no, Gregory Sierra was the captain, and then he got killed. The fellow only for two episodes, only for the pilot. Oh, I thought. Oh, it was yeah. more than oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, look it up, buddy. Okay, but the thing of it is, then they went further, and then when Crockett got evil, Crockett, remember that when he went undercover so much, he didn't know who he was and got shot. In yes, the head. that last he shot tubs. He shot tubs and everything because he thought he was. He thought he was his. He, uh, shot, he did shoot Tubbs. His alias. He thought he was Sonny Burnett. And That's then, uh, oh, that guy Short Eyes. He was on. Oh, he was brilliant. He was a. What was his name? He was a playwright. He, he was on Hill Street Blues. He got killed in real life. He got killed in a car accident. But remember Hill Street Blues? He played the little gang leader. That little guy. Oh, the Hispanic. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He oh, I love that player. actor. No, it's a great character actor. Yeah, sure, I didn't know he died writer. young. Oh no, he died tragically young. He was like twenty-two or something. Wow. Like yeah. Because yeah, uh, he was on. He was even on Barney Miller and everything. No, that. Oh, guy was, was he on Barney Miller? Wow. Well, the other the other guys were, and now am I on blanking? Georgia Sierra. Was Gregory Sierra was? Gregory well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm saying the gang leader was also a criminal on Barney Miller as well. Wow, he must have been. Oh yeah. Older than his And but also, um, yeah. uh, the two informants. And oh, I came on oh, I can't remember oh, the, the Nug Man? name. Pardon? The Nug Man? Yes. Nugi, yeah, Nugi. Nugi. And the other and guy the other was the guy who played uh, or whatever. The Hispanic yeah, Manny. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were very funny. Oh, very they were funny. great. Did you ever see one of them? They had Nugi was Charlie. Again, everybody. Charlie uh, Booker? I can't remember, but Charlie's definitely his first name. He died too. I think well, he was he was messed up. He was messed up. I believe he passed well, away from AIDS, if I'm not mistaken. I could be, but I just know he he really had mental problems and was like kind of living on the street. Yeah, after doing yeah. vice and everything. Yeah, uh, very very funny, talented guy. Is I believe, he? if I remember correctly, yeah, uh, auditioned for SNL yes. and lost Eddie Murphy. He did. Yep. Yep. Was it Charles Barnett? It was as Charles. The, very Charles good. Barnett. Very as Charlie Barnett, absolutely. Hey man, I didn't, I, you know. Very yeah, funny. All the brain cells are still working here. They weren't addled by uh, chemicals and stuff. They just sat here and read comic books. But anyway, yes, it was Izzy was the other guy. That's but right. I mean, the movie. Oh, the movie I didn't think was that good at all. Yeah, the, the movie was okay. You know, it's like, yeah. it just just like any reboot movie, it's like it, you can't compare to the original. You no, can't. Colin Farrell and um, the fellow that was electric. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. I didn't like that movie at all. Well, I it took it, it too Michael serious. Michael did it. Yeah, it was right. too serious. I was like watching it going. But then again, the other uh, stream 
Other end of the spectrum would be Starsky and Hutch, that terrible Ben Stiller movie, which oh, is funny, but it's not as good as the show. Right? Like, it was no, doing? it was a parody. It's I mean, it was fine. It as was a parody as that, but for fans of Starsky and Hutch like myself, it's oh, kind God. of like a disservice. I was like, did you have on your cable on your cable system yes. or whatever, however you get TV? Did yes. you have L the channel L Ray, which was Robert Rodriguez? Yeah, for a while we did. Yeah, yeah, they were well, running. They were running Starsky and Hutch. Oh, were they? You know, yeah, and that was kind of the Grindhouse channel. Yeah, they really leaned into Grindhouse. But and they, they really did. pointed out that so many of the great Grindhouse screenwriters wrote and wrote and directed episodes of Starsky and I Hutch. I didn't know that. So, yeah, really? kind of that's why it had that great 70s cop vibe. And oh, everything. God, yeah. You know, that's I think they're all on YouTube, by the way. I rewatched oh, no doubt. I rewatched the pilot. Of Starsky and Hutch because I do one of these video shows just like you do on YouTube and my friend yeah. and I we reviewed Starsky and Hutch because we remembered it we thought sure. it, that was one of our more popular episodes right like 600 views I'm like it's not a groundbreaking but 600 views for two guys sitting around a table talking about Starsky and Hutch was crazy you know and uh, it's when you go to watch those shows the, they're so adult, and I don't mean adult like 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 pornographic or something like that. But this the tone and the storylines are unbelievable compared to the mush that they give you nowadays. I'm like, what's going on here? I mean, we talked about on the show there was an episode where there was a, a mentally ill girl, and she gets I think she gets molested or raped by somebody, and then Hutch or Starsky they have to talk her out of it, and like you know what happened. That's pretty heavy stuff for an hour long show. In 1976 or whatever, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was and it was done well. It wasn't just like you know, yeah. yeah. No, they were really good characters. Those two. I mean, they really knew what they were doing. Oh well, no, I'm time, a so. I'm a massive uh, both of them. Frankly, I mean, it hmm. seems like Paul Michael Glaser has been more active than David Soul. Yeah, but um, God, Glaser was great on um, Grace and Frankie, the uh, Netflix show with uh, with, with uh, uh, Jane Fonda uh, and, and yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Soul's great, too. We Franco and I, we all met them. We were at a convention in New Jersey, and it was Huggy Bear, Antonio Fargus, and David Soul, and Michael Glacier. We got a, a group shot with all of them, but I was just, like, pinching myself, going, holy crap, it's Starsky Notch and Huggy Bear, you know? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's awesome. Well, you know, and then, you know, once again, we're down the rabbit hole. But anyway, what's well, I'll, say? I'll tie it back to Terrificon, though. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I know you were talking uh, pre pandemic to uh, oh, David. Hold Walker. on a second. There you go. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm no you. problem. I, uh, I, I know you were talking to David Walker pre-pandemic about 
possibly yes. coming out. And we should try if I David try can to do get it. Yeah. If David can, when David can do it, because I'm sure he will. Because as he said, he's got family in Connecticut. He's from Hartford. Yeah, he's from the Hartford area. Um, it would be great to get him, and we should try and do truly like a black plantation panel and have David interview, Ooh. you know, somebody like Fred Williamson or, or somebody like that, you know, if, if Fred's willing to travel. Um, because David's a real expert on that stuff. And God, not only did he write great Shaft comic books, yes. but he also wrote a great Shaft novel as well. And he really, I mean, he is he is a serious, like, and, and has written – uh, film essays mm. about black black films of the seventies and stuff. So yeah, he's a he's a really you know and, and you know I should I should team him up with another Connecticut guy that he probably knows who's at my show twenty eighteen. I don't know we I don't know if you were there. Were you there twenty eighteen? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Well, Michael Jai White, of course, there, who did Black Dynamite, which is a whole satire of all those films. Yeah, yeah. And Jai and I went to college together. So yes, it did. So the thing of it is, he does those too. He did Black Dynamite, and then he did the comic, and then he did this the TV series, the the cartoon show. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They should get those guys to get and talk about that stuff because you yeah, that'd really, be great. You really got to explore all. If you're going to make fun of something, you got to understand it all. And they did. They went back and they researched yeah. all of it and they knew all that stuff. Just like Mel Brooks used to do with the westerns and Young Frankenstein to to do a great job of it. You really had to know all the nuances of all those movies to make it really absolutely really sing because you know what happens when they do this remember those cheesy guys a couple years ago they would make the disaster movie or the superhero movie and it was like kind of goofy they weren't that good but they were oh yeah 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 you're like, they did like a like, screen knockoff they were, they were like airplane these, yeah they were like airplane knockoff like airplane yeah but they weren't as good as the far no they were they were too stupid movies. Yeah, they were basically it was like there's Mad Magazine <laughs> and then there's Crack Magazine and then there's Crazy Magazine. And even though Crazy was Marvel, it was not good as Mad It was magazine. a notch below, absolutely. It was a notch below. Like you, you went to the newsstand. Who was mad there? No. Oh, it was Crack? No. Crazy. Remember when uh remember when Don Martin left Mad? Yes. And went to Crack? Yes. It's a sad day. It was a very sad day, absolutely. I know. Don Martin's the man. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people can say, Captain Klutz is my hero. I've yet to see someone dress up in a cosplay contest. Those... If they want to win money at my show, it's very easy. All you got to do is come dress as Captain Klutz, <laughs> Captain Terrificon, Captain Cupcake from the hostess uh, family of fruit pies and <laughs> desserts. I want to see a guy in a big brown <laughs> hockey puck thing with a white swirly thing down his middle with his with a captain's hat. Hilarious. Why? We don't know. Why not? Why? <laughs> Why not? And then we ate them, which was kind of bizarre. It's like Twinkie <laughs> the kid. Oh God. Uh he, should should we get to I are there are there other guests? I mean again. Yes, there are. Let's real quick. I'll do real quick. Please. Uh uh celebrities, people like celebrities. I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Joe Pantoliano. Joey uh, Pants from the Matrix, from the we know, Sopranos, we know the, the Killer Pimp from uh, from Risky Business, from, from Risky Business, exactly. Yeah, and then Eddie and the Cruisers, he was in that movie. The guy yes, he was. Movies. He's the guy who he's, he's the guy who on them. Yes, he played Ben Urich in the Daredevil movie. The one with that's ben right, Urich. Ben Urich. Yes, yeah. which to this day I don't understand when he throws a cigarette and it lights up uh, dear, the DD logo. In the subway, I'm like, so Daredevil had time to take gasoline out and write his initials. And not a only stencil. That, he yeah. travels with a stencil. That's what it is. <laughs> and not only that, Pantaleone 
could see it and knew to throw a cigarette to light it. I'm like, what the hell was that? It looked good. It looked good. It did look and, good. And uh, a voiceover, people, because I know you're the king of voiceovers. This uh, Michael, I love Michael Bell, who was uh, from G.I. Joe, the Transformers, what you else? name it. Yeah, this other fellow, Dan Gavelson, who was Bumblebee on the. He was the Spider Man on Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. When you see him, you know his voice. Oh, wow. Oh, wait a minute. Michael Bell, uh, you know how you know him? Ready? Star Trek Next Generation Encounter at Far Point. He's the guy with the long hair who's like, There's nothing wrong with this. We don't right, know. Right, right, right. Wow. It's wow. What do they keep calling Predator? That I don't remember, but don't remember Prefect or whatever. But yeah, yeah he was he was the guy trying to sell yeah, the four yeah. point station. I don't think it's a giant jellyfish. It's not a space jellyfish. It's we don't know that. <laughs> Just remember that guy. He's that guy. Oh, Plus wow. he was three episodes of Deep Space Nine. What was he? Deep Space We're gonna have to go look him up. Michael Bell, on, okay. He's on MASH too. You know which MASH he was on? No. Remember the guy that was uh, having the Korean kids go out in the minefields to get, like, copper to make silver? Yes. And then BJ goes, oh, see that little girl that lost her arm? She was looking for copper out in the minefields. Yes. And he's like, what's wrong with you guys? There's only going to be. That's the guy. That's the guy. Sure. But anyway, he's uh, he's coming to the show. <laughs> Besides, oh, he was a Bajoran on Deep Space Nine. He's uh... He was on three times, so he was a couple of characters. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Um that's great, man. But though, uh, other voiceover people come. Jim Cummings, uh, Winnie the Pooh. He's in the Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars. He's in a zillion things. These guys have such long careers. When I go to make the graphics, I don't know which to put there. You know what I mean? It's like they're on 50,000 shows. I don't know which five to pick. Um, Joe Pantaleon. Oh, from the Orville, the Good Space Program. Adrian Palaki, who's Kelly on Orville. Yeah, the first officer. Yeah, Peter. Oh, I just did his graphic before I was on your show. Um, he plays. What's the guy's name? Um, not Duras. Um, Bordas. Bordas. Yes. Oh, Bordas. that's great. I got Bordas coming to the show. Man, yeah, 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 yeah. He, oh God, I can't Peter wait to make Peter Make Macon. M A C O N, I believe it is. I, he I is just, the best. He is the best character on that show. He's been around for a long time because I was making his graphic too, and he was on the Shield, and he was on a lot of wow. stuff. And the Shield was twenty years ago. I just realized. Yeah, that. isn't that insane? Yeah, and then uh, Joe Pantoliano, Adrian Plackey, uh AEW wrestlers I mentioned. Um, the the uh, Tim Daly, another one. From Superman. The Superman. That's it. Superman. And Susan and Eisenberg. Wings. Susan Eisenberg's coming this year. Our dear friend Susan Adrian, Eisenberg, yes. the animated Amazon herself. Phil Lamar's back. Phil, fantastic. Green Lantern, yeah. John Stewart, Mad TV. Yeah, and there's going to be more Mar too. So. Marvin from uh, from, uh, <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. From Pulp Fiction, who gets he his brains his blown head. out. Ugh, I hate that scene. Ugh. He is Phil is so awesome because he is uh, like Mark Hamill. Yes, he is one of us. He is. Oh a yeah, oh, he's a big nerd going man. Well, when me? I when when he did uh, Word Balloon years ago, yeah, he was. So, he's like, hey man, I checked out your guest list. Oh, you yeah. talk to everybody. I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, even you, man. And he yeah, left. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's that means a lot, man. He yeah, goes, he, no, I know my shit. He goes, you really do talk to everybody in comics. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Thank I'm just you. waiting for them to make a John Stewart live action Green Lantern movie because he's the voice of John Stewart in the Justice yes. League for like you know ten years, I think. Twenty like years ago. Twenty years ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And then he was Static Shock. He's just everything. Whenever yes. you hear that, 
who got that deep voice, but then he was also had other voices too. He was just on the book of Boba Fett. Did he do a character on Boba Fett? That's yeah, he was fantastic. one of those, um, the Pikes, the bad guys that were trying to take over Mos Espa or whatever, Tatooine. And what, what I love about Phil is, as a voice actor, yeah. he really can think about nuances in characters' voices. And Absolutely. he could do, when they, uh, on the Justice League mm-hmm. cartoon, when they had young Static Shock, and Static Shock as an older guy, yeah. and he just adjusted his voice yes, to make it sound like middle-aged Static Shock, right? And yes. that's that's the kind of nuance, yeah, that you don't pick up. Of. Yeah, he's amazing. No, so, so he'll be there too. So anyway, that's Terrific Con, July 29th to thirty first. Tickets on sale now. Artist Alley. If you want to be an exhibitor, we still got spots open. If you want to be an Artist Alley? Come on down. Bring the family. Everybody. That's awesome, man. Well, well I'm looking forward to us. Uh, we'll be there. We'll do yes, panels. We'll figure it out. Everything oh, yeah. I'm the, I'm the Iron Man of Terrificon. I, uh, <laughs> it's I, like, get back up there, Suntress. you got six more things. Give him some water. His mouth's getting dry. Well, that's, I was telling Chuck, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go to San Diego, man, because uh, I think if I did three weekends in a row, it would kind of kill me. But, you um, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. know, C2E2 is in the backyard, so that's okay. But I'm he's like, he goes, Terrificon? I'm like, Terrificon's awesome, man. I go, Mitch lets me do like do. six yeah. to eight panels. I'm like, I come back with like a couple weeks worth of shows. Exactly. And and I get to talk to people I never thought I'd have a chance to talk with. I mean, good yeah. Lord, I've been dogging Steranko for 15 years. And finally, it's because of you that I That's right. finally get to sit down. with. I mean, always sweet to me at, at shows at Artist Alley. But it's like, hey, will you do the podcast? No, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, but but he did an hour of your show, and I'm like, all right, fucker, I got you. That that counts. That now counts. you can't leave. So no, <laughs> I truly, I mean, God, I still talk about uh, like the Robin panel you did where we had Mike oh, with Danny O'Neill and Jim Starlin, yeah, Jim Starlin and uh, and Pete. Um, shame on me, uh, Pete, Pete Tomasi, uh, Pete Tomasi, and, and Tim Seeley. So yes, all five Seeley, of them talking about right. Robin and stuff. Funny that's as right. hell. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I remember that story. Tim Seeley's like they're talking about how they killed Robin and they hate Robin. And there's a kid in the front row dressed as Robin, and he's like, "How do you think I feel?" Like, well, that's what I mean. Like, like literally, yeah, we kept doing the, we kept doing the little kid's voice, but I like Robin. Yeah. <laughs> and Danny O'Neill's like, "I hate that kid." Exactly, I hate Robin. Him, him, Robin. Starlin and, him, Starlin, and Barr are like, I, I ne- Robin never made sense to me. And oh, that's right, Mike Barr. Yeah, I forgot Mike Barr was there. Hey, you know what? Real quick. Jerry Bingham is coming to the show. Wow. He doesn't do a lot of shows. He hasn't been around in a while, but he's the Batman son of the demon. The, yes, the, Damien, yeah, the, the artist, big yeah. graphic novel that came yes. out. Oh, my God. A forward by Mark Hamill. That's I have like uh, three copies of him still. That was the creation of Damien. That's right. That's and right. Uh, no, it was, I mean, it, for a long time, it was like, yeah, never mind. Uh, let's. Yeah, that doesn't exist. He doesn't have a kid. And then they're like, no. Yeah, Graham Morrison. Graham Morrison's right. like, no, that's a great, that's a great uh, graphic novel. Let's bring him back. Of, oh, you know what? Real, I see. I can do this all night. I've got two great creators. You got to interview this guy, Don Glute. Who I know Don we Glute. know Don Glute from no. the writer of the Empire Strikes Back novelization as kids, but he did a ton of Marvel stuff, what ifs, and all that too. He did what if Jane Foster became Thor? What if number ten? Guess what? That comes out in July, where Jane Foster, Natalie oh. Portman, is now Thor in the yep. movie. Well, that's more of the Jason Aaron thing, but this guy got the idea first. Yeah, he did the original in... story. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and I've got the artist, too. Rick Holberg's coming. 
Oh, that's he fantastic. Old Marvel, wow. plus he did all the animation for years. Go ahead. Didn't, didn't Don also uh, create all the backstory uh, for Masters of the Universe? He did. When you got your little, look at you. If you got your little He-Man uh, booklets, little comics that came with the figures when they first came out, Don wrote all that backstory. He created all the, the, the Gray Skull and all that. And then our friend, the new celebrity that we knew when, Paul Cooperberg, or Cooperberg, then took it and made Superman meet him, and then he did the, the miniseries. And look at Paul now. His his star is shining. I can't, You know how much blow I've got to get in from South America to put in his room because he's got this new writer that he wants all these things at the thing <laughs> because he's the guy behind Peacemaker and Vigilante. It's it's Paul Kupperberg's decade now. I'm like, Jesus, get that James Gunn on the phone. He created a monster. Great dude. Absolutely. Know, no, he, um, back to Glute, though. Another thing that Don Glute did yeah. that people may not be aware of that are younger, uh, mm. everybody loves uh, these uh, fan movies that have been made the yes. last few years and stuff. And Don was making fan superhero movies yeah. back the in the 60s yes. with his 8mm mm -hmm. camera. I mean, this guy... This guy really is one oh, of yeah. the deans of fan film. He's the fanboy. He's the grandfather of fanboy. And plus, you know who he went to USC with? A little guy that you might have heard of named George Lucas. They were all buddies together. Oh, that's Don awesome. Luke. Hey, yeah, yeah. let me let me suggest as a, yes. as a panel, because, yes. for instance, at the last Terrificon, we had that great panel with Paul where he mm -hmm. showed the uh, Julie Schwartz video yes. tip of Julie's. Uh, oh, stuff. no, I'm going to do a film festival with Don's stuff. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. All right, great. Yeah, great. I already great. talked to him. I said, make sure you fly out here. He's out in California, but bring your stuff because I want to set up a screen. I mean, they might look primitive to modern day people that saw No Way Home, but this <laughs> guy, <laughs> he's making these black and white Spider-Man movies. You've got, I mean, it. You've got to appreciate, yes. appreciate the teenage ambition. Yes. Just like those kids that made that shot for shot uh Raiders oh the Raiders one. adaptation yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah, the hearts kind of, in I mean, the right place they might not have Lucasfilm money but they 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 have the same desire the passion yeah so Definitely. Don Glute will be there great, great guy also a big horror guy too he yes. knows a lot about all the history of the horror movies and hammer yep. movies and all that stuff so I don't even know what to put him on what panel because he's got so much of a background I'm like geez can you do a panel on Fan movies. Can I would. I would suggest. Panel? I would suggest a Don Glute panel in general, but also yeah. a film festival. Yeah, like uh, in the evening or something like that, where he, where he gets to show his movies. But yeah, just kind of let him do the combination. Well, you didn't want him and uh, and uh, the artist that did uh, Rick, Jane Foster, Rick Holberg. Rick Holberg. Yeah, yeah. Rick. Mm -hmm. Another great. Another great. Uh, bronze oh, animation. Model, uh, oh my goodness gracious! All those X Men cartoons you watched in the uh, the nineties and all that stuff. Rick was behind the scenes, even on Star Wars. We talked about the original Star Wars when Shaken didn't finish uh, issues five and six of the adaptation. Rick Holberg jumps in, and he's the one that finished. Oh, that's up, great. Uh, yeah, because I think Howard couldn't get him out. Or I can't remember. Howard's going to be there, so I can bother him right there at the show. Howard Shaken, ladies and gentlemen, how can I forget that the we mouth that Howard. the mouth that roared is coming back to Connecticut. The best, the best. I love that yeah. guy. I anyway, so yeah, so we could do uh, just go to the show. You want to see more? Just go to the show. And uh, uh, again, the URL for uh, Terrificon again information. Terrificon. Terrificon.com. Is it just Terrificon.com? Yeah, right there. With the that is. That's it, kids. That's a Jerry Ordway. And this where Ordway did a new art. Um, you had it up there earlier for the graphic. It's me 
It's a recreation of Amazing Fantasy 15, except Captain Terrific Khan's swooping down and I'm under his arm as the instead of the bad guy. So yep. I'll reach through that one. Jerry's working on Stargirl right now. I think I can say that. He's got a 38-page Stargirl book. Oh, out. fun. Yeah, yeah. So Jerry's busy as could be. Is Jeff going to write it? No, it was written by um the Starman guy, uh, Robinson. Oh, name? James is writing it. That's wonderful. James Robinson, yes. That's terrific. That's mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's uh, It's in the news. And James is, James is one of the Stargirl TV writers, as yes. well as having his lineage writing Starman and everything. So... Correct. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy. Uh, I remember when Stargirl was just getting started, and I went over the particulars with Jeff yeah. and James, and he mentioned that James was one of his main writers, and that's great because I really, uh, you know, James wrote uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie yep. with Connery and everything, and that movie, you know, took its lumps. Connery and the director didn't get along. Mm -hmm. He he also wrote comic book villains, which is a great little. Mm -hmm. movie that involves comic book store owners and stuff. Oh, with uh, Masterson, Danny Masterson. Yes. Yes. The two of them are that, Danny and his brother. Uh, I should know, I was in a movie with them too. But um, didn't he do the Golden Age book? Yes. DC? Yes. Yeah, it was, that was a great series. Yeah. The post, the post yes. JSA yep. story of what happened to all the Golden Age heroes and everything. That was just war. thinking that. Yeah. And it's Paul, uh, the X Men artist, Paul uh, Jenkins. No. No. Artist. Smith? Paul, Paul Smith? Smith. Paul Smith. Paul Smith. Uh, Smith. Drew. Paul Jenkins is the writer. Yep. Anyway. No, no, so. I understand. I'm the same way. I'm the same yeah. way. Paul um, Smith is great. I reached out to him. He doesn't do shows, but I tried no? to get him. No, I tried. I tried getting Mike Kaluta. We can go down the list of the people I tried this year. Kaluta I tried. Didn't get him. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, you, what is he? TJ Quiles was also in Comic Book Villains from the. Oh New yes, he was. Yeah, and the guy from um, was it Community or something? The guy with the mustache was he this comic store owner? The bigger guy that does the voiceover stuff. I don't know. I, I don't remember that. I don't I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I thought it was because I said it to Danny Masterson when he was on the set. He goes, "You saw that movie?" I said, "Yes, I paid to watch it." He goes, "Oh man." It was better. He said the script was a lot better than the actual. Well, you see again, product. James. That was James. Yeah, he said it was a very good movie script, and then he cut it up. But it's either there. We don't talk about Danny Masterson right now. Figures the I guy was in a movie. Why? What's the matter with Danny Masterson? I think he got in trouble for something. Oh, did he get canceled, or did he probably step in the third rail? Yeah, something like that. That's too bad because I, I love I love Eastbound and Down. I love he the, was uh, in the seventies huh? show. The guy with the big hair, right? In the 70s yeah. show? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Um, anyway. No, I think he's... A, I, I, usually, I found him very funny in pretty much every movie I've ever seen him in. I did, too. So. Oh, no, no, no. Excuse me. Hide from... All right, I'm getting my Danny's confused. You're talking about Hide from that 70s show. Yeah, that's the one I was in a movie. Okay. With. Yes, he did. Yes, he did very terrible things. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Did very, very terrible things. Yes, yeah. he did. And his brother was in Ma uh, Malcolm in the Middle. That was his brother, the oldest brother. That's correct. Francis, that is, you are correct. Yes, as yes. Dante points out, sexual harassment uh, yes. allegations. Yes, allegations. Right. Yeah, I was thinking of Danny Masters, another Danny. That is Danny Masterson, I guess. Yeah. Uh, another uh, Dan McBri Danny McBride. Oh from, yeah, uh, Dan. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's found yeah. it down, and and all the yes. other he was Seth in Rogen uh, and everybody else's movies and stuff Thunder like that. And all that. Ah. Yeah. Derek has a good question. 
Yes. Louis Simonson and June, and June Brigman uh, be there. I will tell you the story. They were both invited, and Louise and Walter will be on a vacation that week and unable to come to the show because Walter wrote me. And Miss Brigman is also going on vacation. But we're going to try next year along with Brett Blevins, who I just talked to 10 minutes before I came on the air tonight. And Brett can't make it. Because originally oh. in 2020, we had a power pack reunion plan with Louise and June and Brett. But COVID canceled it. And then last year was still kind of too early to come out. And then this year, like I said, a lot of people are doing plans. Yeah. So, no. 2023, I promise you, I'll get... That's Everybody right. will get the as long as Russia doesn't do something stupid between now and then, everything will be fine. Trust me. I hear you. No, no I hear you. Last words. Yes. Well, what are you gonna but, do? But I did think of it though. I did think of a power pack reunion with those folks. I don't think a lot of people think power pack, but I do. Can't believe Disney hasn't made that a movie yet. I don't know what they're waiting for. So. Oh, I think you need to introduce them as side it. characters for. Well, you could do it. You could do it on your own, I suppose. I, mean, I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, you're right. That would be a good Y7 movie. Or maybe they want to get the Fantastic Four, get Franklin Richards established, and then have Franklin meet them. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking, is kind of do yeah. it that way. You know? That's so far down the road. You know, They have to do the FF movie first. Which we'll see. Be. We'll see. Again, that's why they had to get all these movies that were stuck in the pipeline and release them out LRI water. I so. know. Did you see Did you see Batman? Yes, I did. I saw it with Ordway last Tuesday. We went to and? a fan event. Uh, it was ex too long, in my opinion. I don't want to make people upset, but I thought it was about 45 minutes too long. Uh, I don't think it was the greatest Batman movie ever. I liked The Dark Knight better. It was good. Ordway really liked it. I can tell you that. Jerry's a huge... But Jerry, we tell Jerry... <laughs> Jerry will admit he's the Pollyanna when it comes to reviews, because he, you could show him he the likes worst. What's that Jerry Lewis movie? The, the, the day the clown cried, Jerry like Lewis, the, yeah. the worst movie ever made. They say it's about him being in like a concentration camp. As a yeah, clown he's, a clown, he's a clown that leads children to the gas chambers. Yes. Yeah, right. Jerry would say, well, you know, <laughs> the music was okay. And I'm like, Jesus, Jerry, here's the problem. And John, you would appreciate this being a man of elder years like myself. When the thought of a three-hour movie is in front of us, we have to prepare for this. We don't drink before we go for, like, hours because you don't want to keep getting up in the theater. And then three hours, is just it just keeps weighing on your head. I don't know why they even – because I keep going, how much longer is this? How much longer? Oh, my God. Sure. Jesus, Lord, is this slow. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I could, my son saw it. He's 23. He saw it uh, yesterday with his friends. They're all 23. He liked it, but he actually said the same thing the old man did. He said it could have been cut by about a half an hour just to speed it up because it was a little too slow. I'll see if uh, – now, you said uh, – did they make an announcement that HBO Max is going to show it? Yes. Yeah, they actually did that before the movie came out, which was kind of stupid in a way because they said, oh, yeah, don't worry. 45 days after its release, it'll be on April 16th on HBO Max. I'm like, wow. you got a lot of got a lot of faith in that movie there, don't wow. you? Right? Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. But, you know, Mitch, honestly, I don't know what the gestation in the theater period is anymore. Well, because it used to be two months or three. It used to be three. It used to be four months. Yeah. But oh, now, now it's yeah. Yeah. two well, or we three, right. you know, yeah. 12 weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane how quickly they well, rush now, things. Yeah. But well, and again, look, even pre-pandemic, 
it yeah. seemed like the the window was getting shorter. It was. I don't but know. Look, well, look at Spider Man though. That opened December. It's still playing in theaters, and it may, it's one point eight billion. And I hear that they're going to re release it re release it next week. I think with extra footage to try to get a couple more bucks out of people. But geez, I don't see Disney jumping on or Sony putting that out. In- it depends on the studio. But no, um, Warner Brothers, they got a lot of messed up things going on at Warner Brothers Corporate. I mean, this is just one of them. I mean, Dune is another movie that they shot themselves in the foot. They came out with it on uh, HBO Max the day it was in the theater. Yeah, like, how, much, how, much, how much millions did you lose off of that? I mean, it's kind of a disservice to the filmmakers who are trying to make a movie and it doesn't do well, so that's all people remember, you know? Well, as as Dante points out, and I agree, yeah. Um, getting subscribers to the streaming service is now about. is now Priority. part of the strategy. Yeah. So um, and that's it is what it is. I mean, you know, I know. Um but this but, should be seen on a big screen. I'll tell you, it's epic. The Matt Reeves, the direction, it's huge. I mean, it's one of those things that really we saw it on an IMAX with the Dolby stereo and the whole work, so it really does that justice to see it on a big screen. Well, one of one of the side projects tied to the movie is the fact that Matt Reeves, uh, James Tucker, and um, Bruce Tim are producing a new Batman animated series. With Kevin and, Conroy? Uh, Kevin Conroy, I believe, is not the voice, oh. but good news. Yeah. The uh, the showrunner, uh, story uh, head of the, the scripts and the stories, yeah. uh, our old friend Ed Brubaker. Oh, that sounds really good. I'll watch that. I'll tell you what, John. And you, you, you John, you might know this because I think I heard it on your podcast years ago. Was there not a story by Danny O'Neill that Batman or Bruce Wayne had a brother? Yes. That had mental issues yes. and was institutionalized. Yes. Thank you. I told Jerry about oh, yeah. this because we're watching the movie. This has nothing to do with the movie, so I'm not spoiling anything. Okay. But as we're watching the Riddler and they, they, they're doing this whole thing and you know how Batman can figure out the riddles because he's the greatest detective and, and no one else can figure it out. And I told Jerry on the way home, I said, wouldn't it be something if Hollywood brought back that character from that one story and it turned out to be one of Batman's villains was his brother that he didn't know about, kind of like a Rain Man type of thing. And that's why he and Batman kind of thought similar, but the parents put him away because he had, I don't know, some mental disorder because he was living in a fantasy world. And yet here's Bruce Wayne, who's dual personalities as Batman. And he's just a little bit off center too. And I'm like, I thought that would have been a great, like Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes type of thing, you know, where the only one who could understand him is his own flesh and blood. And, and or Jerry's like, oh, I think that's a good idea. I'm like, why hasn't anyone done a movie about a new character? Cause I was kind of, taken back because this is the third time or four if you count the bad adam west movie that the Catwoman has teamed up with batman and i'm like yeah. come on guys michelle pfeiffer uh Anne hathaway and now zoe kravitz that's three out of like what six movies or seven movies of batman and the penguins in it and then the riddler i'm like oh. man bat would be a cool one you can get the mad hatter you can get Clayface. There are other Batman villains out there, you know? So, but I don't get it. And then the other thing is, too, it's a real dark movie. So I know they try to aim these pictures towards kids because there's all toys in the the Target and Walmart. When you walk in, it's just bombarded by the Batman. This is not a movie for, like, little kids. This is kind of like Seven Light. You know Seven, the movie with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman? 
yes. with the serial killer. This is kind of like the PG-13 version of that. Because the, the Riddler is very gruesome the way he takes out some people. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not going to bring an eight-year-old kid to this thing. You know what I mean? Because a little too dark there for the uh, the youngins there. But what do I know? I'm an old man. Because Jerry told me today a, a staggering note. Only 10% of the audience that saw the Batman this week and was over 50 years old. So, I don't know. I said, what do you want me to tell you, Jerry? They got better bladders than I do. What do you want? Well, JD made it. He loved he it. He made it. He loved the three hours. Mm. Yep. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, um... But that's the Batman. Okay. All right. Well, do you do you still have time, or do you got to get going? No, I got nowhere to go. After we're done, I'm going to go right back to Photoshop and keep making graphics for the website. So, that's all right, I understand. No, uh, and once again, everybody, uh, I don't want to lose my eyesight. So, talk, talk Picard. Let's talk Star Trek. Do all right, yes, please. So, um, I, Mitch, you know, I mean, you you and Franco have had to suffer through me uh, complaining for years now yes. about a new live action Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I I liked the first episode of Picard. I did too. It was it was like old Star Trek. From the second it started, I was like, "Oh, yeah, no shit!" Immediately, yeah. we're inside a starship in corridors. It's, we see people in uh, running through corridors, of, yeah. uh, the next generation sort of uniforms and stuff, and it's like, yeah. "Oh, look, it's Star Trek." Yeah, and Gee, it was the, the, the red alert. The red alert graphic was up. The I was like, "Oh, look, red alert!" That's the one. That well, thank God the they got. Uh, um, Doug Drexler and uh, and the the Akudas back. Oh, really? For the set design? design and it, okay, the that explains and everything. It. So, yes. like, they they finally figured out. Hey, you know, there's probably at least a dozen or so people behind the camera yeah. that uh, did Star Trek for I don't know twenty years at least. Maybe we yes. should call them and get them involved in the new shit. It's just crazy like that, yeah. And also. But- you can tell from the writing that there was a real change. I have I have faith. I mean, again, it's only the first episode. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Terry Metalis, the showrunner, yeah. was a uh, a junior writer at Enterprise back in the day, and, and I have uh, I have great faith that, especially after this episode. Although I know, here's my supposition. Go ahead. At the first episode, that was set up. Yeah. The second episode is going to be how history has changed, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go into the past in the third episode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a shit. I wish we would stay in the unaltered present yes. a little bit longer and see what the rest of the Starfleet or the Star Trek galaxy right. looked like. Right. Because it was great seeing different ships. Yeah, they had that Armada show up to face the Borg ship, mm-hmm. and instead of cut and paste the same ship over, yes, and over they did. They had different designs. Yeah. And I love that uh, Raffi is on uh, the uh, Stargazer. Well, no, uh, uh, Rios is on the Stargazer. Yeah, Raffi shows up, uh, but at first is on Excelsior. And if you look closely at the Armada, it's the old Star Trek Three Excelsior. Oh, I thought I didn't catch that. I'll tell you what. 
Uh, another person that's on the writing staff, I'm happy to see his name is Mark Bernardin. You know, Mark. Mark Bernardin. Yes, I been around forever. Entertainment. Yeah, I, he knows because he's a fanboy too, and he gets and he also knows what's a good story, and what's a bad story. Yes. It's a very. He doesn't hold back. Mark does. Well, so I was glad to see him on the show because he might have told them what was wrong with the first season of Picard that we would scream about on these shows with you and Franco. You know, and and that's the only other like my my small nitpick about where we start is it, and and it's a good thing and it's a bad thing it yeah. is painfully obvious that this writing staff knows that the first writing staff really fucked that story that yeah person. they did yeah they and they did. and they and they put in a lot of little pat yeah. comments yes that i assume yeah. what's that the positive how's the positronic brain no, I, well even oh. even more importantly uh regarding agnes uh um, okay. Her saying, "Yeah, I killed my boyfriend, and uh, you know, but yeah. I was, uh, but I was, uh, you know, uh, let go." It was a throwaway line, like, "Oh, don't worry about that." Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, um, no, I thought it was a reboot, John, and I was really surprised because we left Picard and his crew about to go off make a show to new adventures with that little crew he was with at the end of the first yeah. season. It's almost like a reboot because he's back on the uh, the vineyard. Which I'm like, okay, this is where the last show. I didn't think he'd be back there again. Oh, I like, did. I mean, it's his oh, own base. Okay. It's still, I mean, and well, it's still, you know, he's still. I thought the whole idea when he got the new body, the new android body that was going to give him a new lease on life, and he'd be out there exploring. I didn't think he'd go back where he came from. So I was a little like well, weirded out by that. I was like, oh, he's back where he started. From two first. things. Yeah. Uh, Dante has a, and even he says it's, it is a dumb, forgive me, Dante, it is yeah. a dumb question. Why yeah, did he regard an android body? That still looks as old as he did prior to transferring his consciousness. Yes. I was expecting to make him look younger. Well, it costs money to yeah. make him look younger. No. Yeah, and this, we, we said that too. It's kind of like if you can get a new body. I don't know about you, John. I'm not going back to this one right now. I oh, go yeah. back to Mitch Halleck from 20. But, but regardless, that's yeah. why it was a stupid story point. But let's yes. stick with that first. Let there's the story point, and then there's the reality. Yeah. Um, those that two seconds of seeing young Q. Before yes. he turned into old Q, like that. yeah, and it's yeah. it's good that they did it, but that's expensive still to do that mm -hmm. kind of de aging, yeah, uh, filming, yes, and also, frankly, even if they smoothed out uh, Patrick Stewart's wrinkles, he's still eighty whatever. He's, so he's, as, he's old as Harrison Ford. They have the same birthday, so he's seventy nine right now. Is he seventy? So I thought July he was 18, 12, right? July twelfth, nineteen forty two. Okay, well, he's gonna be eighty. Yeah. Regardless. He is an older man and, and, and doesn't look as robust, shall we say, no. as Harrison Ford. And further, I watched The Ready Room yeah. after the first episode of Picard with Will Wheaton, and he interviewed oh. Patrick Stewart. They are almost finish, uh, finished filming season three of Picard. Oh, wow, really? They went right to production on season three. Good. And I think because Patrick is older... And yeah. probably a little more. I mean, he looks. He looks no, not, not just say anything, too, but I thought the way they lit him this time and the way they filmed him really accentuated the, the wrinkles and stuff because it was like last year they pulled away a little bit so you didn't see, but this time there was a lot of close ups and I was going, wow, he's really gotten old like everybody has. But, but also, yeah. I noticed it more this time than I did before. Just the way he even talks. I mean, he's yeah. just, he is, he's slower. Yeah, I mean, right. and that's okay. He's an older man. It's all right. Yeah. Well, but, the um, other one. 
the other, I was gonna say real quick. The other weird yeah. thing is like, does everybody know what happened to him? Because there he is at Starfleet, and he's doing the commencement address. Well, and I'm like, is it a? Because Guinan kind of knew because she said some weird line like, "Well, oh, yeah. you know what it's like to die." And I'm thinking, does she know that the real Picard is dead? And this is yeah, a no. Robot? She and Agnes, she and Agnes make the cracks about him being an android now. Yeah, um, I don't know. And again, there's a real problem with although they they do say when Soji. Is yes. uh, having her amb- ambassadorial discussion. By the way, did you notice those were uh, those were Deltons that she was talking with? Ilya's race from the. Star I didn't Trek. catch that part. I, I was. I, I, they I were all bald. They're all bald aliens. So yeah. I think the assumption is that they were the Deltons. But um, okay. they say that okay, Starfleet lifted its ban on synthetics, yeah. and now uh, Soji is involved with uh, advocating for. The synthetics. That said, though, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a real hard. I mean, I, I again, it sounds like they're trying to almost make Starfleet like uh, compare it to American politics, mm-hmm. where perhaps there was a Trumpian in charge of Starfleet during part oh. season one, okay. and now we have a Biden in charge during season two because you even have the kind admiral coming. <laughs> Hand in she, hand to Jean Luc and saying, we need you as opposed to go oh, fuck, fuck yourself. You. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I mean, honestly, it, it just seems, and they say it's been a year and a half yeah. since the events of season one. Yeah. But yeah, some of that stuff just seems way too quick. The oh, fact yeah. that Rios and Raffi are immediately in, like, Starfleet, like nothing happened. I was like, she was smoking the dragon weed on a, a trailer in the middle of the desert somewhere. Now she's back full uniform. And he was a pirate. And now Crystal Balls is whatever we used to call him. He's, sitting, Crystal there Balls. The, yes, we he's did. sitting there in the captain's chair. I was like, okay. I hey, he was a great, I mean, and they gave him great lines and yeah. he felt like a Starfleet captain. So oh, I was happy. And yeah. Raffi, I like Raffi much better as a commander in Starfleet. Yes. Then yeah. I do flipping uh, JL off, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Your fine yeah. mansion and your fine furniture. Uh, and uh, seven of nine. So wait, so seven of nine took his old ship. Yes, and she's running. I don't missions. know what do you want to call it, missions or. Well, it's like Babylon missions. Five. Those are the ra- they're the Rangers. They're like oh, okay. They're like uh, mercenaries uh, for good, basically. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, all right, because I was like, well, who's she working for now? But I guess she's just out there. That Fennis. Because no, and that goes back to the first season, and that she was part of what they called the Fennis Rangers. Apparently, yeah. there's an audio drama that is 90 minutes long, and it's Raffi and Seven of Nine, and it takes place in between the two seasons. Oh, Simon and Simon and Schuster made. Oh, okay. I just found out. I literally just found out. No, it would be cool because, like I said, there is a jump in characters. Like, how did she come back to Starfleet? Because I thought the character that was there last year was one that would never go back, and there she is. Okay, well, once you go, she got got drummed. She got drummed out because she was along with Picard. um, You know, trying to do the Romulan uh, rescue. Yeah, I forgot about the crazy warrior nuns. Remember them. Yes, the, of course the I do. Well, oh, that's yeah. where that's who raised yeah. Eleanor. Yeah, what's Eleanor. her name's mom is one of those on Discovery now. What's it called Michael? I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. We don't talk well, about Discovery. I love, well, Discovery, no, I love, it's it's off right now. For I mean, God, what? So under, what? Wait, it's gone right now, right? No, Hold it's on. not. No, wrong. Absolutely wrong. Sorry. 
I thought it ended once Picard started up. I was like, oh, I guess we're just done. No. I didn't watch it then. No, it was it's like, going to be. No, and again, this is, and it really kind of goes back to what we were saying about um, various studios and their strategies, and that streaming is now part of their strategies. Yeah. Um, for the next two weeks, we're going to have, and it started last week, so we'll have yeah. had three weeks where there will be Picard episodes and Discovery episodes oh. the same week, and yeah. uh, they are they drop they drop the same days as Picard. Yeah, I just dove right onto Picard, watched it, liked it, and walked away. So you didn't see last week's no, Discovery? No, I, I, I honestly thought they just well, ended it to go into this show. And I'm like, oh, maybe they'll Well, no, no, they didn't finish the story then. No, they didn't. That's why I thought it was so odd. I was like, what the hell is going no. on? No, they, um, they, yeah, they, uh, it's interesting. They, I think, I believe to make sure that nobody leaves and unsubscribes, Yeah, they want continuous Star Trek as close maybe. as possible. You know? That's a, that's a, that's an idea because I was like, why did they do that? Because it's kind of like the Disney Plus stuff, which I'm shocked. There's no show right now. Once Boba Fett ended, I thought there'd be something immediately to pick up with, but then the Moon Knight doesn't start till the end of the month. I go, right? What the what the hell are we showing for all the March? Well, we got West Side Story. It's like, yeah, but that's okay. You know, you want to keep those people paying their nine dollars a month or whatever it is, you know. So, but I don't think uh, I don't think you're seeing the. Uh, unsubscribing attrition for Disney that you are no. because again Star Trek you know they just weren't ready and also they thought they had the greatest thing since sliced bread and everyone's like uh, I'm sorry half your audience doesn't like Discovery it's that nasty bread that nobody likes like your grandmother would bring over it's got mold on it no one wants to say anything but yeah I can't stand shit I told you well I think yeah no, I was talking to somebody else. I think I was talking to Mark. I was offered um, Tilly to be a guest at Terrific. Party. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that publicly. No, but I did. I didn't go for it because I was like, I feel bad because if she ever watched any of the stuff that we've talked about, she'd come and beat me up. And you thought what? <laughs> I don't think. I have a feeling most of those celebrities they don't watch this shit. No, they, 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 they don't. They don't you, care. You, no, you'd be um, nuts if you watched all the things that people said about you. Like God, no. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. People already do say stuff like that about me, and it cracks me. I know. I'm right here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. um I, I, I will say that. Um, what, wait, wait, wait. Go on your back. Are you upset that they're jumping into time travel? Because when he's like. We've got to go to the past to save our future. Well, like, I mean, oh my god, I've heard that like thirty times in every. Yeah, I mean, they, they already told us that was going to be the premise of the show. Well, wait, wait do, you, do you do you think that happened because of COVID that they had a limited thing? Though, like, look, we can't do a lot. Let's. Just I think. I think it was more. I think it was more that um, they wanted to save money this year. Yeah, because also more importantly, uh, you got Picard's formerly two Romulan minders at the vineyard. And this now you only have one Romulan minder. Right. And uh, as we called them, Hazel and Alfred. Yes. And yes. they, and it's Laris. I know is uh, Hazel. Yeah. And I forget, I forget what Alfred's real Romulan name is, but when, Oh, it's a shame that uh, Alfred died. And it's like, yeah, that's called a budget. cut. <laughs> that's like, let's trim the show. I thought that was a little weird. I was like, what happened? Did I miss that? Did he get... Yeah, we don't need him anymore. Remember you know, when they were like... like jumping around and they had like phasers under the table, like a mob hit. I'm like, what's well, going on in Chateau Picard? It must be like, well, the other but vineyards. also his, his minders at the yeah. vineyard yeah. were more capable and mm. you would think likely have more Romulan information 
than the ragtag team he put together to this Romulan problem. And that's why, again, these idiots that wrote last year, yeah. their story made no sense. They it made no sense. The big, the big Doctor Octopus thing that came out of the hole. Well, I was like, yeah. Do you, do you think we'll ever? Do you think we'll ever no. see them again? No. No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Because it's a shitty idea. It was. And that. And, and again, on the one yeah. hand, I'm really glad that they fixed a lot of this stuff. On the other hand, it really was like. I gotta yeah, tell you that anymore. Don't worry. I, I, I cheated on you. I watched one of these other screen crush or screen rants things like a hundred things you missed out of Picard. Because I always go, How did I miss this? And they, they go into stuff. But they talked about the opening credit sequence with the glass shards falling yes. through and Picard's mother, who apparently was abducted, but I remember that first was an encounter at Farpoint or something when he's Mama and she was in the elevator. Remember the door? It, it was the first she, season episode, but it right. wasn't the pilot. So I, I was like, I never knew something happened to his mother before until now. And then you see her getting sucked away. And the guy goes, well, it's all about the shards of glass that are falling in the beginning of the episode. And Picard's mother's being taken away. And now he's going to confront that. And then the Borg vessel opened up as if it was a flower from a George O'Keefe uh, painting. I'm like, wait a minute. Let's not go crazy. And he's like, and it exploded outwards as if it was giving birth. To, and I'm like, wow, somebody's smoking the dragon weed. And they go, and that's all going to tie into Picard and his mother. And the Borg Queen is going to be his new mom. And I'm like, did they watch the same show I did? Because if, if the Borg I'm Queen dumb. winds up, I mean, I've heard that rumor as well. Oh, really? Okay, because I didn't get any of that. Up being uh, his mother uh, assimilated. No. That's no. Well, I mean, she he did. The Queen did say at the Holy end of the episode. Jean-Luc, look up, just like his mother did. Yeah, that's what the guy was saying. That was why he it was his mother. <gasps> but I would say, I no. would say that given when he was Locutus, yeah. they obviously scanned his brain. Yeah, that's and all they have every But yeah. I, but there might there might be a red herring of is this possibly his mother assimilated? Wow. But yeah, I agree with you that once again, in classic New Trek form, yeah. we saw Maman. As an old lady right. in the first season of, of Next Generation, right. and they're going to ignore that. Just hey, man. Oh, and you know, I'm going to look up. I've got a. I've got an email if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. When, go I, ahead. when I spoke to um, Wayne last mm. week about uh, Star Trek, um, Adam Talley wrote me a very nice email, mm. and I want to. And I want to write. I want to read it because um, in Discovery, they're making a very big point of. The fact that uh, they're they're breaking, they're going through the galactic barrier, and they're like, "Wow, you know, that's never happened before." Yeah. And I'm like, "That's a crock of shit." I know. And well, and it's funny because Wayne and I went through the various times yes. that um, you know the uh, the you know the barrier the can't be broken. breached. Yes. Yes. At least and, three I can think of. Go for it. The movie Final Frontier, though that's they don't count that as a deal. They don't consider that. Uh, where Who Gary's, doesn't consider that? Okay. What do you mean? Oh, I thought Roddenberry always said Star Trek Five doesn't count as canon. No, that's it's bullshit. Like, that's a crime. No, I, I, well, somewhere I read that that one they never count that. Go right. on. Go I can't on. think of the word that they use for not apocryphal, but right, and non canon. Not canon. That's one. Two. I could have sworn. That on the old show, 
they were going to the, the through the barrier and then it affected them. I mean, was it with Spock or somebody like that? It's like you, the barrier can't be breached and the Enterprise went through it. It was like a little thing of light across the screen and the, yeah. the Enterprise went through. So I'm like, I don't know. Was it Aaron and Mercy? I'll tell you in a second. If okay, you... so there's that one. And then on Next Generation, again, I don't know if you want to get this because it's so far ahead. When the uh, was it the traveler or something like that, or somebody took aboard the ship and they they did something to the engines of the Enterprise, and it went beyond the galaxy. It was yes. like all crazy stuff, like almost like the microverse in the Marvel yes. movies. And I was like, and they didn't know where they were. They were like, according to readings, were like two billion gazillion light years from our galaxy. And he's like, you've got to get us back. And it was remember that thing that just had like eyes and a mouth or something. It looked like hey, senior winces. Except yep. it was a space alien thing. So that's at least three that I can think of. And I honestly okay. thought that Gary Mitchell had something to do with going to the barrier. And that's what he got zapped because that was the whole thing. They were yes. about to break the barrier, like the sound barrier. That's and then right. he got hit with the thing and him and um Sally Kellerman. Okay. Let me let me gods. anyway. So that's at least four that I could think okay. of. Okay. Uh let me read the email. Because yes, Wayne Wayne also says Kirk did it four times. Yeah. Uh, and yes, he says you're correct. It was the Indeed. next gen uh, episode with the traveler. However, uh, let me read to you this email that I got from uh, Adam Talley. Uh, been listening to your show since 2010. Listen to the latest episode of Talk Trek, where you're discussing Disco and Picard. I have some initial nerd, nerdy deep dive thoughts for you guys. I hope these weren't already sent to you by others, but I know my Trek and I got to toss in some thoughts your way. The Galactic Barrier in Star Trek V isn't the one that leads out of the galaxy as in the three original series episodes you mentioned. The one in Star Trek V is at the center of the galaxy. That was built in to trap the god creature. I think it's established a couple times in dialogue that it is the center. I can confirm that. I can confirm that. That's why maybe it's blue instead of pink. So the cyborg theory that Wayne mentioned, because Wayne we had a great theory on the show, that maybe when Discovery crosses the barrier, Cybok will be involved because yeah. Cybok technically we didn't see him actually die fighting that energy beast that you know, why does God need a, a starship? Yeah. But yeah. yes, yeah. you are correct, Mitch, and Wayne was correct. Where no man has gone before, the trailer, that's where Gary Mitchell and uh, Dr. Daner, Sally Kellerman, yeah. their ESP abilities are heightened going through the barrier and they get their godlike powers. There was also the episode with uh, Warren Stevens, the character actor. They were the, the Kelvins. The Kelvins came through the galactic barrier, seized control of the Enterprise, boosted their engine speed, and were heading back to the galactic barrier to go back to the Kelvin universe. Okay. And the third one from the original series was involving the Medusin. That's and we, of course, saw the Med Yes. You went blind. Yes, because it couldn't no, look upon it. No uh, beauty and truth. Or yes. is there no beauty? With Dr. Pulaski's on that. Right? That's right. Diana Mulder is yeah. exactly right. So those are the three uh, original series episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and then Next Gen did it too. Right, right. So um, let's see. But yeah, he uh, he also mentioned that Guinan's race is, a deem is indeed mentioned a couple mm -hmm. times in Star Trek Generations. Mm -hmm. Um I yeah, thought I, he and Wayne, uh, Wayne and I thought it had never been mentioned until this episode of Picard. Uh, I mentioned the book Q Squared, in which Q is possibly Trelane's father. It's been yep, Peter David. Yep, it's a great book. Yes, I agree. 
Um, the the Allurians, that's her race. They mentioned it before that with, there's many things we don't know about Guardian's race. That was in the Enterprise C episode when she yes. knew that there was something wrong with time. Right. And, and there was another thing, yeah. which I, I was surprised that Guinan was in as early as she was in this first episode because yeah. I was expecting after history changed yeah. that Picard's like, all right, there's something wrong. Let me go find Guinan. I know. She's, she's just there. Shit. Well, I'm hoping when they go back in time, she's not going to be there again, just like she was in the Times Arrow thing with Mike Twain. Remember that? That she's yeah, hanging course. around in the 90s. She's like, oh, here I am again. It could, could be. Like, Wait a second. Uh, that won't bother me. That won't bother me. No, she's but I bet she's old. There. She's, 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 you know. No, I get it. Well, the the Alorians can stop aging when they want to. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I get whatever. it. You got to explain why Whoopi's middle-aged now. You know, it's all right. I don't, it's science fiction. I like that stuff. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, but no, really, on balance, I liked it. Um, well, now it's weird. I got to go watch Discovery tonight because I literally thought it was well, off. I was like, "Wow, this is." I was going to tell you weird strategy. Then uh, when when we when we do get back to talking, and I'm sure well, we will, because well, we'll talk about episode two of uh, Picard this week at some. I'll point. tell you what. I, I'll tell you what. I still hate Discovery. It's just so stupid. I just. Well, I was going to say. I, I I let me warn you now. Not much happens to move the needle in this last episode. And there's a guy on uh, YouTube, Steve yeah. Shivers is his name. I, I His channel is uh, under his own name. Okay. And he's a great Star Trek deep dive analyst. And he likes new Trek. But that said, mm. he finally cracked the code in terms of what's wrong with new Star Trek. And you can include last season's Picard having the same problem. What? They meander around until the last two episodes, and then they, they shoot their wads in the final two episodes to give us conclusions. And what they need to do is, mm. they're not good at writing a 10-part one-story uh, thing. <laughs> no. No. And what they need to do is, like, give us breadcrumbs yeah. that, that, that solve a piece of the puzzle mm -hmm. as we go on. Because then they'll have all these uh, standalone shows where nothing happens. I tell you what. Remember when we started season four? I think we were all watching you, me, Franco. We thought they had rebooted it because they went a thousand years in the future. And then they were separated. Remember they were on that like snow? Season play? three, but yes. Was it season three? Yeah. Is that where we're on Discovery now? Three? I don't even season three anymore. is when they made the time jump. But go on. Well, they did, but they were the, it was that... Western outpost type yeah. of thing. Season and, uh, three. Yeah, that was a good episode. And they were separated from Burnham. And then they had to go into the, the bar and they had a negotiate. Yeah, Saru and Philly. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, this is actually getting good. But was that the same thing when the, oh, yeah, the burn started and they figured out what happened to the burn. It was that, yeah. that little dude cried and it made a sound yeah. that blew up all yeah. the freaking warp drives. And I'm like, what bullshit is this crap? Oh my God! If that was your string to to tie all the episodes together, you've got some bad yarn to begin with because it's yeah. just. And and the other thing is too, you mentioned they save it for the last two episodes. Is it a budgetary thing? Is it like, oh, we only have so much money, let's save all the fireworks for the grand finale? Well, and then that's we'll blow what... everything up, like the angel episode. Remember that when she puts the suit on, the red angel, and yes. they go through the thing. There was a very huge special effects episode. That whole thing. I'm like, well, that's. Oh, that's not cheap. So well, and that's what worries me too about this season of Picard because yeah. 
this first episode had a lot of, you know, big oh, yeah. face fights. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, uh, so yeah, I, and as I understand it, uh, we're going to spend a lot of time in LA 2020. Oh, yeah. It looks pretty like, like, what is it, six episodes or eight episodes? This thing, the whole, the whole thing, yeah, 10. Is it 10? Yes. Oh, well, it looks like at least about eight of them are going to be in well, Los Angeles. Again, like, in, wow. in the case of, in the case of both, mm. I would say Picard and Discovery, they probably could have told the story in less episodes. Yeah. Uh, and for whatever reasons, they just don't know how to pace themselves. No, they really don't. They really and, don't, yeah. And just this, again, these these ridiculous plot ideas that either don't feel like Star Trek, don't feel like Jean Luc Picard, no. or uh, you know. And again, Discovery is just all about this. How do you feel? How are you oh, feeling? Please. It's like yeah, fuck. Well, you. I was told. I think I mentioned that to you because someone, a friend of mine who works on the show on, on Terrific Hunt, I was talking about my frustrations with Discovery. I said, look, I love Star Trek. I mean, I mean, there's stuff in this room that's Star Trek. I can't get into this after all these years. I still can't get into Discovery. It's my least favorite. And if I all of them had to rank them all, it'd be like Deep Space Nine, the you know, original, it, next gen, all that stuff, Voyager. It's said, funny. What? It's funny too, Mitch, because with the exception of the old school original series people, yeah, that are like, I'm sorry, I can't, re I can't accept any sort of new Trek. Yeah, when, my friends like that, Steve Barker. Yeah, but when Voyager and Enterprise had mm -hmm. their detractors. Mm -hmm. What I never heard back then was, well, maybe you're too old. No, isn't never you. heard that. No, and, but now, it, and now we're getting that okay boomer. No, 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 no. He didn't attitude. say that. He's older than me. He's actually 62. He watched Trek when it was first run. That's how old he is. Well, he's that's he's an exception. I'm saying. Well, no, he loves this, but he said it was not that it's, we're old. He said the audience that they're, mark, that they're writing for is the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds they're not writing for you and me and that's maybe the disconnect as opposed to when we were 20 and 30 watching next generation and then deep space nine we were at that age with the writers probably are there's probably nobody in that writer room i think maybe mark bernard is about 50 i don't yeah, know yeah he's around our age he's yeah. a little younger yeah but there's, I bet the general age of most of the Discovery writers, and again, I don't know this for a fact, is probably 35 and under. Or that's fine. I don't think that's a but problem. But they don't know what you and I know. They well, don't know about Yeah, power. but again, that's like somebody walking in to write Star Wars and yeah. ignoring the movies or the whatever. It's I, like, think they did, I think they just did that, John. Well, I, I, yeah, but I don't, but, but that really is, and especially at the top, yeah. It's just painfully obvious that um, yeah, they're they're not paying attention. No, yeah, or as opposed yeah. to John Favreau and and uh, Dave Filoni, who are uh, Favreau's, I think my age, fifty five, and they yeah. grew up with this stuff and they respect it and they honored it and they made a story that suddenly everybody's like, oh my god, I love the Mandalorian. Why? Because they got the parts that worked in the original Star Wars trilogy and they just kind of worked it again, as opposed to. It's a what does he call it? A sandbox, a magic box, mystery box, Ab Abram mystery yeah, box. mystery by Abrams, which to me is bullshit. I don't know how to tell a story, so I'm just going to throw whatever I want in it, and you'll take it. Well, it's just a bunch of blind clues that it's don't just add a blank up. pages. It's like, oh, today we're doing this, tomorrow we're doing this. It's like, wait a second, but we're going to put a banner over it and call it Star Wars, and you're going to shut up and like it. No, uh, no, Rob Burnett, my buddy Rob Burnett, yeah, another, another very vocal, uh, angry, uh, Trek fan that doesn't <laughs> like new Trek. Yes.
I love Rob. I, his correct uh, observation is Ryan Coogler, the man behind Black Panther, and more yes. importantly, the Creed films. Yes. Ryan Coogler and his father loved the Rocky movies. Yeah. And he took all the good stuff from the Rocky movies mm-hmm. and managed Creed. to make a new franchise out of the Creed movies mm-hmm. and w- honoring the old stuff, but adding new stuff to it for the younger audience. Yeah. And it works. And it works for the young people and it works for the old people. Absolutely. You, you need to have that kind of care. And if you don't have that kind of care, then you're going to piss off half your audience. And you can okay boomer us, all of us to the grave <laughs> yeah. if you want to, but I would tell uh, Paramount and the producers, yeah. uh, you're going to make less money from us by doing that. Well, they probably figure we'll be happy with that. God bless you. But I don't think you are because I would point to what they did in this first episode of Picard. And yeah. it seems like anytime there's new blood, yeah. Prodigy in there as well, and even Lower Decks, yeah. that these people that weren't there from the start with Discovery that are now new writers – they get it a lot better than the Discovery people do. And mm-hmm. I really hope, I know that there's going to be a fifth season of Discovery. I hope that's it. I hope they go away really soon. And it'll be interesting to see what strange wor- uh, new world. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, when is that starting up? May? May. May. See, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Now, I'm got, now I say that now. <laughs> and I'm just saying, I don't know how they're going to disappoint me. Sure, but they will. They'll figure a way out. The sons of bitches. But let me tell you, did they recast Spock? Is that the no? Same it's still guy? Ethan Peck. It's still Ethan Peck. Is it really? Because I saw a commercial with them, like the, for the Paramount Network, and they're yeah. all sitting around a fire. He didn't look this. I know he didn't have the beard, but he right. just looked totally different. I was like, is that the same actor? Ooh. I don't know if they changed his makeup. And he looked anyway. younger. He looked a lot younger. I don't know that. I don't um, know. And yeah, and, I, and like and like yeah. Discovery and Picard. There will be a week or two where Picard and Strange New Worlds, they'll be... Uh, oh, will overlap? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. And then what? They run out of everything? No, <laughs> no. What? They don't run out of everything. I'm what? happy to tell you. Uh, Lower Decks is coming back and Prodigy's Oh, God. Back. Well, and Prodigy's coming back, too. Yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah, a year you know, of Trek. You know this is a year of Trek. we got a, basically a full year. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Well, that was the plan. This is the plan is to, like, don't don't walk away without some sort of trek wow. uh, ready to roll after the other one wraps up. Oh, okay. And not much time in between. No, all right. So um, like Brave New Worlds, Lower Decks, and then you got Prodigy, and then by that time you'll have Discovery. Discovery back, and then Picard, and then yep. Dis- Okay, wow. Yeah. Look at that. It works. And then that Starfleet show, which I told you I've heard about. Well, that's still in development, but yeah. Starfleet Academy. And 30, also, what happened? Section thirty-three. What happened to that? Section thirty-one is still in the works. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. Huh. With um, uh, uh, Michelle Young. Yeah, Michelle. Yeah. She's still attached to that. Yep. Yep. Jeez. Is anyone going to remember by the time they make this thing? We'll see. Well, she's still a big enough star. No, I know she is, but I'm like, you know, sometimes after a while, you're like, oh, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's called Star Trek, so it doesn't matter. It does. I'm. I'm telling you. Um, name. Oh, then you get the movie. Apparently, Star Trek Four. Apparently, I don't know uh, if that's real that's or not. The one that I'll believe it when I see it. Until they start shooting it, it's okay. all. How is this any different than Hey? Uh, how is this any different than when Hey Quentin Tarantino's making a Star Trek movie? Oh, okay. Holly's making a Star Trek movie. Uh, this woman, I forget her name. She's making a Star Trek movie. None of that shit happened. 
They made their big announcements and nothing fucking happened. Yeah. They are all this is talk to entice advertisers or uh, investors because studios not sit on a mountain of money. They need they need banks and they need investors to go. Okay, we're interested. Here's some money, and that's Mm. what they're trying to do. I'm wondering what's Disney doing because they had that Star Wars uh, movie with Patty Jenkins going to direct, but I don't hear anything about that anymore. Rogue Squadron or Rogue whatever. There was going to be an Inhuman. Remember, there was going to be an Inhumans movie too. Yeah, but they turned it into that lousy TV show. I think that was the end of that thing. No, you're right. It's probably to get the investors happy because some of that stuff makes no sense when you think about it. Like, well, it's just. It, they're 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 throwing uh, spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. Seeing what sticks, yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, it's again, I don't blame them. No, but, it's um, a money. It's like I said, it's a money making business. You want to keep it going. You don't want to say, "Hey, we're out of well, ideas." You know? And and that's and that's why don't piss off half your audience. And you'd think that would be very basic, and it would it would have sunk in sooner than uh, was it twenty eighteen? I guess it's been four years since or five or twenty seventeen. Yeah, sure. The discovery happened. I mean, you would think it would have sunk in a lot earlier, but and I and truly, yeah. I believe, and especially based on this first episode of Picard, and even as shitty as Discovery is, yeah. I think they're listening to the fans that complain. Oh yeah, I think so. I think they might have watched some of our shows because I was watching Picard ah. and go, they fixed a lot of leaky. Flaws I don't. This thing. I I, I think, I think so. we're. I I mean, uh, that would be lovely if they did. Well, I, I I doubt it, and I, but again, we're just part of the chorus, and that's no. I know it wasn't not, just us. It wasn't just yeah. Us. I mean, that's the thing, man. There's a lot of us that are like, no, this isn't how you do it, right. and it's not with any arrogance. It's no, no we've no, liked we, this shit for over fifty. That's years. That's what I used to tell you. Every week we get together and we get so mad about it. I said every week I put that show on, hoping that this will be the one that makes me like it even more. Truly, and when it didn't. I'd be like, son of a bitch. We're back well, again, you know? And that's why, honestly, as much as I ranked even again on the second season of yeah. Lower Decks as I did the first season, yeah. the, I'll give you one episode that was amazing, and that was that episode where they went around the galaxy yeah. and you saw the Lower Deck versions of all the other races. The yes. Balkans, the yeah, 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 yeah. No, They were getting better. I that was funny. It. That they was improved. funny. They improved in the second season. There was a couple episodes that were decent quality that wasn't just the first year, though. I'll tell you what, the girl that does the voice of um what's the Mariner. Yeah. She's on uh Bob's Burgers or something. Or okay. one of these shows. I, because I listen, the TV was on in the next room. You heard Simpsons, her voice? The Simpsons was over, and whatever comes on after that came in, and I was drawing and I was working, and I heard that voice and went, Oh my god, it's Mariner. And I was like, I don't know what show's on over there, but that that nails on the chalkboard. I, I couldn't take it. I was like, oh no. Tony and I forget her. Tony Newsom, I want to say. I, I guess I just was like she. Uh, she hosts. Uh, she hosts one of the authorized uh, Star Trek podcasts. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that her normal speaking voice? Or I don't. Like, I don't listen to it. I don't. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm not a. I, as I as I've said here, I'm I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I wish her well. Uh, she doesn't need my she doesn't need my approval to succeed. No, no, and I, and I have nothing against her. Personally. No, and I and I like Jack I Quaid care. on the boys. Jack I think he's, fanta- he's fantastic on that show. It's just like whatever. But Bulmer's not the one that bothers me. I got I like his character. Well, again, they I think they tweaked it a little bit yeah. where Mariner is not the smartest person in the room every week. Yeah, 
and that's good. Michael Burnett syndrome. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. oh, well, Wayne, well. Wants, Wayne says uh, Picard hey, should cool. be hitting that sweet Romulan ass. I, I added the word ass. Um, <laughs> what do you think of uh, the Laris uh, attempt at romance with Picard? Oh, I thought it was odd, too. He's like, I don't want to romance. I'm like, he was getting some on his Star Trek The Next Generation for a while. Remember that fortune hunter that uh, in real life? Yeah, Bosh. Bosh. Yeah, he was really dating her in real life. I think he left his wife for her. I don't know what Oh, really? I didn't know that. Wow. I, behind the scenes, I believe so. But I don't think he's wow. with her anymore. Because I know he just got married. He was married by Ian McKellen. And that's in real life. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just sorting it. But well, I thought he always had like a Beverly. Well, and Beverly, certainly. Sure. I think Dr. Pulaski, they tried to do something. But it no, didn't they, work. Didn't. they didn't try to do anything with Dr. Pulaski. I You're nuts. Did. I did. No, wrong. Wrong. She was no. They were. They hated each other. Okay. He, she was. She was always like you know. She was. She was Doctor McCoy without the charm. Basically, okay. Okay. I think. All right. Well, he did get some of the old show. Let's just say yeah. that he was on well, Risa. I just, I just thought it was kind of. And they they say oh Romulan's age differently than humans or whatever. All yeah. I know is she looked way too young. The, right. I thought so too. Way I was too like, wait a second here. Childhood. It reminded me of. Um, What's it called? Entrapment, not entrapment. Sean Connery and yes, uh, that, yeah, entrapment with um uh, the this Welsh girl, um, Michael Douglas's Catherine girl. Zeta Jones. Catherine yeah. Zeta Jones. Yeah, I'm like, and it's like you're like seventy, break. she's thirty. Hello, yeah. what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's here? like yeah, I don't, I, I don't think Catherine Zeta Jones is into grandpa. Yeah, I don't. Well, think she, she married Michael Douglas, but anyway, that's true too. Yeah, go ahead and crawl on the floor again. Go underneath that laser beam. <laughs> I want to see you squirm. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that sequence? She's like Fuck going yeah, underneath. That, she's in like some skin tight outfit. And he's just yeah, like, the cat suit, definitely. Yeah, the cat suit. Oh yeah. Do it, do All it right, again. do it again. I know. All right, we've made our point, Mitch. I know. Bad Sean Connor. When you start making fun of Catherine Zeta Jones, it's time to hang up the phone. Terrificon twenty twenty two, a Spider Man celebration, and a bunch uh, of other the stuff. End, too. The end of uh, July, July twenty yes. ninth through the thirty first. Yes. Mohegan Sun. Yes. Uh, a great resort. I can speak to it uh, with uh, great affection. I'm a massive fan of that place. And I yeah. uh, always have a great time every year. And I thank you for letting me be part of Terrificon and uh, doing what I do for it. And uh, remind everybody, too, of your uh, uh, your various podcasts. Oh, geez, Louise. I got the IndieCast going for 14 years, the Indiana Jones podcast that's still on. And I got the, uh, the Power Cosmic podcast with Jerry Ordway. Pretty much every two weeks, we do a new episode from a pizza restaurant as we have beer and pizza. And then I have a YouTube show uh, called Mitch and Ed's Excellent Adventure where we go and review old movies, just like you do. We just talk about old TV shows and old movies, and that's on every two weeks. We just did the Swamp Thing uh, movies, which were pretty bad. <laughs> Until you go Heather Thomas, there. Louis Jordan. Louis Chardon, Heather Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau in the first movie. Yes, yes. was in the first movie. And then there was a TV series. Twice there was a TV Dirk, series. Dirk, uh, what was his name? The guy who played Swamp Thing. Derek Mears, the one that was at my show? No. Oh, the, no, Dirk, D Dick Durock. Dick Durock, that's the, the guy. The man, yeah. He yes. was also in The Incredible Hulk. He played yes. the first. The first. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. I do indeed. Dick Durock, yeah. But that was a bad movie, that Swamp Thing picture. <laughs> it's bad. And then there's the uncut version, or there's the European cut, which has you know, Adrian Barbeau swimming with her Barbeaus coming out. Oh, yeah. You know, what, you know what early 70s, uh, both TV show, pilot, 
and then different movie uh, I just bought from the early 70s. Uh, yeah. I bought the, um, remember the TV so show Search? No. With Search Robert with Wagner. It was a Leslie Stevens sci-fi spy show on NBC. Yeah. Uh, it was, um, Troy. Uh, I was going to say Troy McClure. It was Doug McClure. Okay. Um, Hugh O'Brien and Tony Franciosa, and they were the, the field agents. Uh -huh. They had cameras and microphones on their jewelry. So uh, Tony Franciosa or uh, Doug McClure would wear a pendant that yeah. had a camera on it, and he had microphones and everything else on him, which in the 70s was incredibly Oh, high. yeah, that's a big deal back then. And yeah. um, Burgess Meredith was the spy master back in like a mission control <laughs> okay. situation. So that's the TV show and the pilot that I bought. And then the other one was with the, um, Robert Ryan, Captain Ooh. Nemo and the Underwater City. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Robert Ryan, yes. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Did, oh, you know who just died? Who? Like yesterday, was it? Oh, I do know a Trek person that just died. No, who are you going to say? Uh, Lieutenant Colt from The Cage. The young redheaded. Oh, the young one is like, oh, the time barrier's been broken. That guy? No, 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 no. The the woman that when uh, they beamed down Major Barrett and and Lieutenant Cole. Oh, this one will. And the brain. Yes, yeah, this yes, this one's yes, really yes. smart. This, this one is this one's vitality. And she really wants to bang you. <laughs> she should bang like a rabbit over here. This one's smart. She'll talk to you afterwards. So yeah, she was only seventy nine. Oh, that's too bad. So no. who else died? Uh, is it Mitchell Ryan died? Actor Who's Mitchell, that? Ryan. Mitchell Ryan, the actor, he always had like gray hair on the side. He kind of looked like Reed Richard. You don't know Mitchell Ryan? You know him? He's like an he's a character actor. Give me, give me roles. Um, jeez, I got Mitchell Ryan. He was in. Oh, I can't think of one, but I just always remember he had the same name as me. But um, he was in Falcon Crest, I think, or something. Like that. Oh, I see him. Hey, there, and he is. He does have a Star Trek. He has a. Okay. He was, uh, he was Greg's dad on Dharma and Greg. He was okay. also he was also Will Riker's dad. That's it. He was Will and, Riker's uh, dad. In the second yes. season where uh, with yes. with Doctor and he also now now that guy that's that Riker did have sex with Doctor Pulaski. Yes. They had a relationship. Mitchell Ryan got it going. Um, yeah, he's other, great. He's gone, and oh, he's not Joe Don Baker. Who was in the movie called Mitchell? And I do believe Joe Don Baker's no longer with us. I think he's gone. I believe you're right about that. Joe Don Baker, what a what an actor! That's too bad about Mitchell Ryan. No, I'm a fan, and he was very he's very funny in Darman Greg. He kind of you know what I watched. You're never going to believe what's on YouTube, and it's in good quality. It's like 4K quality. I'm going to give you the names. You're going to tell me the show. Ready? Conrad Jarvis. Richard Benjamin, Tim Thompson, and there's two twin girls. I can't think of their names. Oh, Quark. Yes, Quark is on <laughs> YouTube, and I yeah. actually watched it, and I go, oh, my God, was this bad. But I used to watch it as a kid because it was a space show, and they, they were the garbage collectors. Remember, they were like, they yep. had a ship, and, of course and they had the laugh track on it, which is just horrible. As there. it's picking up garbage in space, you hear the canned laughter going, like, what the, what the there was, are you uh, laughing at? Their Spock, their Spock was called Ficus. And he it was, was Ficus. He, he was, was a plant-based plant alien. Yeah. <laughs> and but he Tim had a very Spock-like attitude. Tim Tom? Uh, Tom Thomason? He was a comedian. He still is. He's not dead. Scanners. 
Yes, but he and he was on this other. He had a whole series of like not scanners, trancers, trancers. That's right. He, was, yes, he plays Gene and Gene. Remember that? It's yeah, half like man, a, half woman, half man, half woman type of thing. Yeah, Gene and Gene. They spell G E N. And the cute blondes were the uh, clones. Yes, the blonde twins were the clones. Yeah, yeah. And Conrad Jarvis, who was Morgan Mindy, she was his dad. Right. He was on there too. Like, what yep. are you doing? And Richard Benjamin sadly miscast in this. Oh, I disagree. I thought he was funny as hell. Really? Yeah. Have no, you watched this show lately? Well, I I, I know. I, Buck I didn't Henry watch wrote it. Buck What's Henry that? wrote it. Yes, I know. It was like a weird Get Smart kind of vibe going yeah, on. Yeah, it was humor. half Get Smart, half Star Trek. Absolutely. Yes. Quark. I think he ran for six episodes on NBC. I re- it was yeah once it was a summer uh, summer replacement yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yep. boy, go watch that again. Thank God for YouTube. Thank God for the tapeworms who. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, where did they get this from? Because I was like, this is good quality. I'm like, wow, thirty five millimeter prints or something. Hilarious. Anyway, there you go. Wayne agrees. Quark was our. Awesome. When we start reviewing, you know what's so funny? Quark is better than Star Trek Discovery. Oh, 100 percent. Good lord, yeah. All right, everybody. For more information on Terrificon, yes, you get Richard is. Benjamin. Uh, He's to, dead. Get Richard Benjamin and Paula Prentice for them to do. Paula can talk about Stepford Wives, and Richard Benjamin can talk about Quark. He can't talk about anything. He's dead. No, he's not. He is yeah. too. Five dollars, right Richard now. Benjamin. Look it up. Five dollars. Richard Benjamin's dead. A five dollar bet right I now. Just he was uh, less Four. than six months ago. He's he was dead. on. Uh, he was on no. uh, Gilbert Godfrey's show. Stand Gilbert by. Go- Gilbert Godfrey wants to come to Terrific Con, by the way. Richard Benjamin is 83 years old. Once and again. He's dead. Oh. He's dead. No, sorry. <laughs> is no. he really alive? Well, God, I, I Why would I gone. lie? Why would I don't I... know. I thought he was gone. I'm sorry, Mr. Benjamin. Oh. I was a huge fan. He's 83. Get him and Paula. I really thought he passed away. Uh, what was the movie did? Bye bye, Bert. Bye bye, Columbus. Yes, goodbye Columbus. Yes, goodbye Columbus with Paul. Ali McGraw. Ali McGraw. Same thing. See, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I knew the name of the movie. How many people watch? You don't know who's alive and dead. You don't know what the fuck you're talking. About. <laughs> you didn't know Mitchell Ryan and oh my god, he's right. That's true. Well, I didn't know his name, but once I saw him again. Yeah. All right, uh, terrific oh, con. Terrific con. I need to pay bills. Come on, people. Let's. Amen. And by the way, whoever this artist is, Kyle Holtz. Oh yeah, just, Kyle's a great guy. I know Kyle. I just I beautiful cover, beautiful artwork. Come to the show. I don't know you, but I was looking at this going, this guy's great. He's oh, no, like, Kyle's amazing. He's like uh Kelly Jones, Bernie Wrightson type of guy, but he's got his own spin on it. So he's I a like great it. guy. You know him? I do know him. We should Is he in the US? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't I don't we'll know. Try and guy. get him. Okay. I just saw it tonight and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. No, Dark Ages is amazing. Tom Taylor's Dark Ages, yeah, yeah. He is in Australia, by the way. I want to try yes. to get him, but I got to pay for a flight from Australia to here. I know, crazy. But I love Tom; he's a great man. Gas prices are nuts. They so. get crazier too. So, Start oh, there walking. you go. Uh, Kyle used to work for Chaos Comics back in the day. Dante says I did not know that. There you go. Well, all right, all right. Goodbye. Anyway, Mike. Thanks a lot for uh, hanging out. Thanks everybody nice for watching. Nice uh, Mitch will be back and we'll do a new uh, Trek talk and keep Maybe. tabs on Picard and the shit that is uh, Discovery. So until next time, everybody stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. Word Balloon is brought to you by Aftershock Comics. Aftershock has been a fine sponsor of Word Balloon over the years. And, uh, hey, I'm happy to promote their fantastic books. Let me tell you about some of the great uh, graphic novels 
and collections that are already available now. You've got I Breathe the Body, an amazing body horror comic book from Zach Thompson and Andy McDonald. There's Scout's Honor from David Pepos and Luca Casa Anguiata. Also, uh, Lonely Receiver, another great horror story from Zach Thompson and Jen Hickman and Simon Rowland. And also Peter Calloway and George Genti's Shadow Doctor, a great look at uh, a real story about uh, 1930s mob life in Chicago. Great stuff from Aftershock Comics. Uh, guaranteed, fantastic artists, amazing writers, and great concepts waiting for you. Don't take my word for it. Go to their website. You'll find full story descriptions, preview pages of art, and the diamond codes on how to order these books and more from AftershockComics.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by AlexRossArt.com. Alex's art speaks for itself. Iconic images of incredibly amazing characters over the years. DC, Marvel, tributes to people like the Monkees and Monty Python, David Bowie, the Beatles. So many great iconic people have allowed themselves and their estates have allowed Alex to depict them in ways that you want on your wall. Not only wonderful covers for graphic novels and comics, but also beautiful art prints, amazing lithographs, and incredible original art as well. If you can swing it, it's worth it because Alex is that kind of illustrative genius and all of his work is waiting for you at every price point imaginable at alexrossart.com. Don't waste time. Go over there today. I'm sure you're going to find your favorite hero depicted by Alex Ross. alexrossart.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. That's right. My superhero team, the listeners of Word Balloon that back me through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Word Balloon. I'm not asking anybody to break the bank to support me. If you can spare it, if you like Word Balloon and you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. And uh, it's just a monthly subscription. It could be a dollar. Whatever amount you can afford is greatly appreciated. It helps keep the lights on here at Word Balloon and uh, helps keep me in business as I pursue these great interviews and other projects as well that are coming in 2022. So if you like what you hear here and want to hear more, go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. And I really appreciate the support. Thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2022. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy.